I just want to take time to tell you a story about a man called Shaun John. John joined a dead church. They didn't believe in shouting. They didn't believe in dancing and speaking in tongues. But when they opened the doors of the church, John joined that church. And when John joined that church, he came in dancing. Everybody, everybody got disturbed. Because John was dancing all around the church. The deacons ran, sat him down, he jumped back up. They tried to hold his legs, his hands were gone. When they turned the hands are loose, the feet were going. It's just a light fire. It's just a light fire. Shut up in the ball. They did everything they could to stop old John from shouting. And when they couldn't find a stopping, they made up in their mind, we got to go out to John's house, y'all. But something is wrong with him. Doesn't he know? We don't act like that in our church. Doesn't John know? We've got dignitaries in our church. We're going. We're going. We're going to John's house. Well, when they got out there, they found this old 86-year-old man. Him and an old beat-up mule plowing. Plowing in the field. They drove up out of the deacons. They got out of their fine cars. They walked over to John. John looked around and said, Hold me. Walked over to him and said, Brother, I know why you've come out here. You've come out here to tell me that I praise the Lord too much. You've come out here to tell me that I dance too much. One of the deacons told him, If you don't stop shouting, if you don't stop dancing, they're gonna put you out of my church. Somebody say yeah. Say yeah. When you're gonna tell them what you're gonna do. John said to them, Well, put me out. 
I can't hold my peace. Did you see all of that land you just drove up on? He said, God gave me all that land. But you don't want me to dance in your church. Said, look at my sons and daughters. Said, God gave me all of my children. Not one time have I been to the courthouse. Not one time have I been to the cemetery. And you don't want me to dance in your church. Then he said, look at me. I'm 86 years old. I'm still able to walk down behind that old mule. I'm still able to harvest my own crop. But you don't want me to dance in your church. Listen, Brother Deacons, if I can't shout in your church, hold my mule. I'm going to shout right here. Right now, I feel like old Shaun John. I know we got some dignified folk in here, but I come to tell you, I feel like praising, praising him. Yeah. Oh, I feel like praising, praising him. Wait a minute. 
chance tonight to give their hearts to the Lord. Come on and praise the Lord while you have a chance. Anybody? Oh, Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh-oh, pause. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome back to Waking Up with the Prophet, where we wake up each and every weekday morning with fresh inspiration, motivation, and a little bit of music to start our day. Not sure where you're listening from. If you're on your way to work, coming home from work, are you? It's time to stand up, stretch, and make you some breakfast. Right, we will. Y'all heard Google. It's 8.30, so I don't know where you is right now, but stand up, stretch, go brush your teeth, go get some water, and do all that great stuff while we hop into a quick moment of prayer. Is that all right? All right, let's go. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you now for this minute, this day, this hour, this week, this season, this century, this year, God. We thank you for everything that you've done, everything that you're doing, everything that you're about to do. God, we thank you just for being God and God all by yourself. God, that you sit high and you still look low, God, that you still look down upon us and shine your mercy and your glory upon us. So God, we just want to take a moment to honor you and tell you that we love you, God. We surrender our all to you, God. There's nothing that we can do without you, God. No weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper, God, because you are continuously covering us, sheltering us, nurturing us. God, we thank you for your strength and your might and your mercy. Father, we take a moment to repent of every sin, transgression, and iniquity. Anything that we may have done, oh God, to be separated from your love and your presence and your kindness, God, we ask that you remove it right now in the name of Jesus. God, creating us a righteous spirit, creating us a clean heart, that we may be able to worship you in spirit and in truth and be effective in the call that you have for our life. Father, we thank you because even now, God, we know that your, your ears are tuned to our voice. God, we thank you, oh God, that you hear our prayers as we cry out to you. So God, we ask that you have your way on today. Father, rest, rule, and reign over our day. God, open the door in our life on today. God, we ask that you will show us favor on today. Do all that you said that you are doing of Jesus. And we thank you, God, because as we pray right now, we believe by faith that it is so. We believe by faith that it is happening for us. So, God, we thank you now. We thank you even the more. God, we give you praise, oh God, for this weekend. God, we thank you, oh God, that even as we go throughout the weekend, God, that you will protect us, that you will provide for us, that you will shield us, God. We thank you, oh God, for miracle signs and wonders in our life. God, we know that all things are working together for our good. So, I ask that you will continuously bless us. God, continue to let your grace shine in this room, oh God. Continue to let your favor shine upon this room, oh God, in the name of Jesus. God, I ask that you will touch and bless every person in this room and every person under the sound of my voice, oh God. God, allow them to be edified, educated, and entertained in the name of Jesus. Allow them to be built up through their faith, oh God, in the name of Jesus. And I thank you because as we pray, we believe by faith that it is happening. We believe by faith that it is so. We believe by faith that nothing will stop us, block us, hinder us, distract us, delay us, deny us, or discourage 
encourage us, God, but we are yours and we choose to be yours. And we thank you now, God. We thank you now, God. We thank you now, God, because as we pray, we know that all things are working together for our good. So it is in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. All right, yeah, I'm finna go ahead and cut to another song really quickly, and then we coming right, right back. Y'all know how I am. I gotta get my music out. I gotta get my devotion in before everybody start popping in. Cause the minute everybody start popping in, we'll probably never hear music again. So let me go ahead and cut to another song, and then I'm coming right, right back. Cause I don't know about y'all, but I'm having fun. It's Friday, and I'm ready to hear what God has got ready to say to me. All right, with that being said, let's cut to the song, and then we coming back. Not know when I lose my perspective, but I remember a rather right that in hell lift up my eyes, all God's children to stand. Tell somebody, say, you stand. Yeah, Lord, yeah. stand for holiness. For holiness. Oh. Stand for righteousness. And be counted among them that shall reign with death. Oh, hey. Strength are born. Oh. And we are all believe. Stand, not believing that listen to my friends. And I would rather, I'd rather live right, burn in hell, lift up my eyes. All of God's children just stand, stand. Everybody say to you, stand. And 
Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Waking Up with the Prophet, where we wake up each and every weekday morning with fresh inspiration, motivation, and a little bit of music to start our day. Not sure where you're listening from. If you're on your way to work, coming home from work, are you at work, someone working out? Maybe you called off work today. We just want to make sure that you're still starting your day off the right way, meaning with the right people, right conversation, right inspiration, right mindset, right attitude, all that good, right stuff, because I just believe by faith that when you start your day off the right way, meaning with the right people, right conversation, right inspiration, right mindset, right attitude, things tend to go a little bit better. With that being said, let me get to this quick scripture. Let me get to the scripture of the day really quickly so I can get back to a song, and then we can start checking in, because y'all know the minute, you know what I'm saying, 9 o'clock hit, and people start popping in here, we'll never hear music again. So guess what? Let's go ahead and get to it so we can go ahead and get through it. Amen. Amen. With that being said, scripture of the day comes from Psalms 119. Psalms 119, and I'm going to read the 30th verse. And listen, shameless plug. If you haven't, if you've never read Psalms 119, like the whole little passage of Psalm 19, it really bless your life. It really will bless your life. A lot of people quote uh things from Psalm 119, but you gotta read it in totality. When you read the whole Psalm Psalms 119, you can realize that that, that is a that, Boy, David was on something. So whoever wrote that, they was on to something. <laughs> but Psalms 119, verse 30, uh, and I'm reading from the New International Version, brought to you by Bible, Bible Gateway. It reads, I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set my heart on your law. I'm going to stop right there. That's all it is. That's all it is. That's all it is. It said, I have chosen the way of faithfulness. Another version says, I have chosen the way of truth. And your judgments have I laid before me. Lord, have mercy. I'm going to stop right there because there's nothing too much, too deep, nothing too much to put, you know what I'm saying, into it. I tell y'all all the time, you know what I'm saying, about my little disclaimer, about not being a pastor and all this other stuff. However, I believe that God always allows me to deliver a word in this season. And I just believe by faith that as we continue to choose his ways, as we continue to follow the ways of truth, so shall we prosper. That's just my that's just my theory. That's my that's my diagnosis of what the scripture tells me. I just have to continue to stay faithful. I have to continue to choose his way and choose his will and lay his judgments before me. Plain and simple. Just plain and simple. That's the best way I know how to do it. That's the best way, you know what I'm saying, that we do it. You know what I'm saying? Just being honest, being truthful, and laying ourselves before the Lord. With that being said, though. 
it's time for me to go ahead and play one more song so we can check in. Yeah, I gotta, and I ain't even walk this dog this morning, so I might have to walk this dog and all this other stuff. Yeah, I pray my strength in the Lord. Let me go ahead and cut to this last little song really, really quickly, and then we're gonna come right, right back so we can go ahead and check in. If you haven't already, do me a favor, please. Can y'all share the room? Can y'all ping somebody in the room? I just make sure, you know what I'm saying, that everybody be blessed, but at the same time, I wanna make sure that everybody get a chance to hear all this amazing stuff that we be talking about in this room. So do me a favor, help share the room, help ping some people in the room, and let's get this thing started all right let's shake ourselves loose and then come right back
right now. Come on now. Y'all better praise God. Give me some hand claps of praise and stuff. You know, amen, amen. Hallelujah. I can't wait for that next song because that was actually a good one coming up. But good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. All right, stop all that fuss and noise and stuff. Amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Waking Up with the Prophet, where we wake up each and every weekday morning with fresh inspiration, motivation, and a little bit of music to start our day. Not sure where you're listening from. If you're on your way to work, coming home from work, already at work, somewhere working out. Maybe you called off work and you just at home chilling. Maybe you don't have a job, whatever the case may be. Or it's just Friday, so you're just doing what it is. We just want to still make sure that you're starting your day off the right way, meeting with the right people, right conversation, right inspiration, right mindset, right attitude, all that good right stuff because i just believe by faith that when you start your day out the right way things tend to go a little bit better not saying you're gonna have no ups and downs no bumps and bruises no hang-ups headaches <laughs> and all the other stuff because you're definitely gonna have some people somebody definitely gonna try to get on your nerves but i believe by faith that when you allow god to go before you step before you and all the other stuff things tend to work out a little bit better amen amen with that being said though let's go ahead and kick it on in a check-in let's go ahead and check in so i can go and walk this dog the time now is 8 53 no, 8.47 already. It's 8.47 already, so I got to go ahead and get get it on the road. Get it on the road. Um, with that being said, yeah, let's go ahead and check in. Starting with me. Y'all know how we check in each and every day here on Waking Up With The Prophet. We check in with our three daily questions. What's the weather? How you start your morning? On a scale of five, rate yourself. You know what I'm saying? Rate your mood, okay? With that being said, Prophet, it's on you. All right. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hope y'all feeling good this morning. Um, I'm feeling okay this morning. I'm feeling okay this morning. Woke up a little late because I took a nap yesterday. I caught myself taking a nap yesterday. Ran about 7 o'clock. Woke up at midnight. I don't know why, but yeah, I took a nap at like 7 or 8 o'clock. Woke up at midnight. When I woke up, it was today. <laughs> like literally, when I woke up, it was today. So what I ended up doing is stand up for a little bit, trying to get some work done, end up getting me some food, Mama Lynn. I don't know why I keep eating after midnight, but I just did it. Just just be doing it. But I ended up giving me something to eat for a little bit. Then I ended up falling back to sleep around about 2 or 3 in the morning. Thing about that is, though, anytime I fall asleep at 2 or 3 in the morning like that, then I end up waking back up late. You know what I'm saying? So I woke up a little late this morning um, only because I was up last night and didn't should have been asleep. Um, with that being said, though, it's a beautiful day outside. It is a beautiful day outside. I don't know what the weather is. All I know is y'all know when I come to my office and look out the window, I just be hoping it'd be pretty outside. I don't be having nowhere to go sometimes, but hey, just the fact that the sun is shining makes me smile. But it's 76 degrees right now currently with a high of 92. We're supposed to be having some um, rain and maybe a little thunderstorm, but I don't know because yeah i might not be outside today i think i have an event later on tonight um yeah liquor promotion later on tonight but as far as right now i don't got nothing planned for real but just to go ahead and start um finishing up graphics and stuff for the weekend um anybody who knows me knows that i do a lot with churches and most of the time on weekends i'm not available to churches so i try to get everything done while i'm in my office um so they'll be prepared for their weekend um y'all know no breakfast i don't start eating until y'all start talking that's my weather. That's how I'm starting my morning. I got to go walk this dog because like I told you, I woke up late and I ain't took him out yet so he can use the bathroom. So let me go take him out and then we're going to continue this conversation because I'm expecting this to be a fun day. Not just a fun day, you know what I'm saying, but an actual fun day. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be a day of fun and excitement for us because truth be told, you know what I'm saying, this is a conversation that everybody needs to have. Not only when it comes to just like funding their ministry and funding their church, but just funding kingdom assignments, whether it be your business 
business, whether it be your ministry, whatever God has called you to. I know the biggest issue that people face oftentimes is how to fund something, how to finance it. But we're going to get into it today on how you build that. That's one thing that God has taken the time to work on me with. He's built my infrastructure to where I don't complain about everything. Granted, I don't got everything that I want, but at the same time, I got everything that I need. And I appreciate God for setting me up in that way. But with that being said, that's my time. That's my check-in. Um, do me a favor again, pull to refresh to you guys are on the stage, and we're gonna go in that order, starting with my boy JY. JY, it's on you, sir. Oh, a little dog in the background making the noise. Right, you hear the Come on, dog. <laughs> anyway, uh, good morning, everybody. It is 78 degrees here in the Austin, Texas area. We're gonna have a high today of 106. Oh, wow. Yep. I'm about to go back home and drop my daughter off sessions. I'm about to go back home and give me some um, uh, yogurt. I'll make me a parfait today. I like me some yogurt parfait. Special day. And every time I have a with me but it's okay i don't care uh is it just me or is jy cutting in that he cut in and out. He in the matrix. Oh, okay. Yeah, JY, you in the matrix, dog. We in the matrix. I'm going to come back to you in just a second because I was just going to ask you something, too. But you in the matrix. I'm going to let you get clear, and then I'll come back to you. Um, Essence, I'm throwing it over to you, love. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, <coughs> it's probably the same temperature. Well, no, I forgot. J.Y. in Texas. All right. It's currently 67 degrees here in the metro Montgomery County, Dayton, Ohio area. Um, I am currently in the laundry room <laughs> putting stuff in the wash because I am going on a retreat today. Um, and I will be gone the whole weekend. And I plan on putting my phone on the United States and not being bothered the whole weekend. Oh, and so that's what I'm getting ready for. Um, we're leaving literally immediately after our clock out. I'm literally hitting the road um, to go. And so um, it's just me, my god mama, and some other folks. Um, got an Airbnb at this beautiful, beautiful house. Um, and then we just going to chill and relax and see what God does. See what God does and see how God moves the rest of the weekend. Um, but breakfast, I cooked Emery some fresh toast sticks and some eggs. So I'll probably eat the same thing. Um, and uh, let's see here. Actually, uh, Mama Lynn, I was just down in y'all neck of the woods this weekend because my best friend's grandmother's birthday was Monday. We had a birthday party for her on Sunday. So I definitely was down in Cincinnati um, celebrating that on Sunday. So, yeah, um, that's all I got going on. So I will pass my mic so I can finish putting loading these clothes. Essence, hold on. Because where Emory going to be while you at re retreat? With his grandmother, with my mama. Oh, okay. I thought you said she was going. No, she's not going. I said my godmother. 
Oh, your godmother. Okay, okay. That's what's up. That's what's up. Alfred said, you can't just leave him. No, if you want to go to Baby, he, <laughs> listen, he going to be with my grandmother, which they two peas in the pod. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, they are. Look, he, ain't gonna, he ain't even going to kill her. Yeah, no, he'll be fine. Um, <laughs> he will be fine. Um, but they are two peas in the pod. He loved his Gigi, and she loved her Emory. So, they will be good. So, yeah, I'm excited. I need this little break and get away. I told them, I said, don't be surprised if I sleep a whole lot. Because, listen, I mean, and Mama Lynn, know when you ain't, and JY know, when you ain't got your kids, that's a different Facts. <laughs> that is a different kind of sleep. And so, you know, I plan on sleeping in that manner. So, yeah. <laughs> and that's a different type of rest right there. She said, oh, I'm finna sleep, sleep. <laughs> that's one of them shouting rests. That's one of them shouting rests. Lord Jesus, yes, I know. <laughs> Mama Lynn, I'm throwing it over to you. Do the loop. Good morning. If you had told me, I would have met you somewhere since you was down in my area. Uh, uh, it is 72 degrees here with a high of 82. My breakfast this morning was coffee. With a little cinnamon. I went to Wednesdays to get me some French toast sticks, but they was moving a little slow, so I had to keep it pushing. Uh, I'm on a five. It's Friday. Yay! Uh, so I am in a very good mood. I'm sort of interested in this conversation. Uh, profit. Oh, I had to laugh at your Facebook post when you be talking about these churches having these conferences during the middle of the day and you got to work. Yeah. <laughs> I had to laugh because that is sort of true. So, yes, uh, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Thank you so much, Mama Lynn. Thank you so much. Listen, I was serious when I made that post because I'm telling them they always have the the good the good conference sessions during the middle of you know what I'm saying work. Like folks don't gotta go to work. Like I want to be saved. I want to be more saved. I want to be a best. I want to be the better usher. I want to know how to master my income. But guess what? Y'all doing it at one o'clock p.m. Like I don't got a job to be at. What am I? I'm gonna go on break. Come on now. Like, come on, let's just let's. Can I finish my check in? I went into the matrix like crazy. Go for it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just saying, man. Um, um, I'm all right, but today's a great anniversary. You breaking up again? Oh my god! You said who anniversary? Me and my wife, four years. Oh, happy anniversary! Lord Jesus, the devil is busy today. <laughs> we just switched. I just switched from AT and T to T Mobile, and um, I guess I'm, I'm about to sound like uh, Julie. I haven't heard on here in a while, but you know when she switched to Verizon, it's been giving her nuts. Uh, so I feel like I'm going through the same thing with T Mobile. You know? But uh, yeah, four year anniversary. I'm about to go home and and chill with the wife for a minute. Um, and yeah, I know I'm praying the Matrix once again. Only got one bar. Nah, we can hear you now. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, man, 
I love y'all, man, so much. Uh, it's ridiculous. Um, I'm ready for God to make this change in not just my life, but everybody's life, because I realize I'm not the only one. Um, job situation. It's on still. Did he go in the Matrix again? Yeah, a little bit in and out. I, I got a red bar. Just go ahead, man. <laughs> Jay, just go ahead, man. <laughs> Jay, why don't get discouraged? Come back. <laughs> Jay, why got discouraged? He said, uh uh. There you go. He came back. <laughs> No, cause it's, it, I get I get real upset because um no well I'm used to having great service in general and lately the service has been whack. Um I got a red bar again. See? We can stay here, you know. All right, man, this is annoying. But uh no, I'm saying I'm just waiting for God to do something in everyone's lives. I was saying the replays were still on too, boss. Uh, unless you're keeping them on today because of the conversation. Yeah. But uh, okay. But I'm praying because of, um, uh, oh, I, I looked on LinkedIn. I look on LinkedIn every day, and I'm seeing people that's been in a similar situation with me for, as me for like months and months and months. I've been in this situation since the end of February and others uh, since January or whatever, but I've seen people starting to get positions. So I'm praying that this is getting ready to come to an end. A lot of um, a lot of us that work in tech, that work in you know this industry, uh, will start receiving you know some better news soon. So um, yeah, but so I love y'all, man. I appreciate y'all. And thank y'all for the what, what was that room that you was in earlier? I was trying to pop in there right before, but I ain't, I didn't. I was it was a room Prophet Jerry was in. This dude was in there just prophesying and going in and whatever. And I mean, I was just listening to something and jumping my daughter off. You know, it was just a lot of it was a lot of that. So I was just like, let me just listen to something. Because what I'm really trying to do, honestly, I'm trying to really avoid listening to a lot of secular music and stuff around my children. Um, I want them to have a desire to really want to seek after God and understand balance. Like, I don't not secular music. I like secular music every once in a while. Um, but my children's at this place where they're such sponges that I want to really put other things in their mind and allow them to develop some sense of conviction when they when they hear certain things in their ears. So uh, I just put it on Clubhouse because I didn't really fucking listen to music and he was in there prophesying. I mean, it was good. It was good. I received some of the stuff that was being said as well. You know what I mean? I just wonder, like how people really can just go in so deep and beyond on this app without like people. I don't know. It you just said well, they can go deep without what? Being around like physical people. They just, like, oh, okay. you know, just, I don't know. I mean, I, I went in praying in my house plenty of times. So I guess that's the moment of, I guess how it works. But some folks just be like, you know, I hate to see their phone. Because I'm pretty sure it's filled with spit. I, I understand what you're saying, Jay Wackers. 
they be in there, they be they be going hard. Like they in a church or a storefront full of people and you 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 you, you looking at your phone like how they doing that? To the phone. Are you looking at his pictures? God do what he do. Yeah, and then, yeah, man, I'll be just looking at my phone like, wow, this verse going to... I said, man, that <laughs> got to be filled with just so much spit. It's ridiculous, so, you know what I mean? I don't know. But uh, to God be the glory for all the things that he has done. I can never stay in those rooms too long. I mean, granted, I can if I really want to listen to it and really want to be in tune to it. But most of the time, I don't be understanding that because, like, I like I was always raised that speaking in tongues is supposed to edify you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's supposed to be a you and God type of thing. So oftentimes when they be in the room speaking tongues, I'm wondering, like, okay, so what is the Lord dropping into your spirit? Like, what what is what is this what is this doing? Because you speaking in tongues and then got a word for somebody else. I don't know. I be a little skeptical too. However, I, there is. A- I think, I think in that ad it's because they're excited the Lord, and and that's when that becomes you know what we see now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like edifying me, I'm grateful, whatever. But for the fact that the Lord is using me, yeah. is is an amazing thing too. Because, I mean, there can be times where you can just be just not where you feel ignored. Like, like all this isn't real. Like, I'm going I'm to be one yeah. of them. Like, sometimes you'll have a battle with yourself. Like, this ain't real. None of this is real. You know, yeah. this is this, this is this. And then when you have a moment of when God lets you know that it is real, that's when that unction comes up in you. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm in a bad area. My area is bad where I live in. So, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. I think, I don't know. There are times, like, even with me, when I'm praying, I'll speak in tongues as well. But like I said, when I'm speaking in tongues, normally that's to edify me. Normally it's because I'm receiving something in my spirit that, you know what I'm saying, that God is using to edify me. Most of the times, um, mm, I can't say, well, there are times where, yeah, I do speak in tongues around people. And they're even on Clubhouse. I start praying on here, and I start busting out and speaking in tongues. But I don't, mm, nah, I don't go that deep, especially in, in public. I think it's more for, for my private worship for me. Nah, I honestly, uh, man, I heard you speaking tongues before when you got caught up in your prayer. Facts. You <laughs> pray, you couldn't get the words out. You was like, "And God, to touch the people." Eat kaya na I can't stand church for. But no, nah, man, I think honestly, like when you really are, the Lord is really using you. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's almost like a conversation where your spirit takes over and yes. with his spirit. And so that's the part where I realize where people can kind of go into a, a, a sense of tongues, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Because of what the spirit is doing in that moment. And it's like, okay, now is a full connection between me and God. And so... Yeah. That this is what this is the this is the result of that connection. I just feel like you know. So sometimes it just be okay, and like I said, that person may have a serious connection. Prophet Jerry was in the room. I think it's one of his homeboys, and I, I typically trust Prophet Jerry. Uh, he was just going in. Yeah, I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm with it. 
That's what's up. That's what's up. Listen, I wanted to jump in, but it was too late by the time I had jumped in. It was already 8.30. So I was like, okay, well, I'll catch it on the next one. I'll catch it on the next one. But shout out to everybody walking in. Shout out to everybody stepping in. I see Monty B then came in. I see Ebony then came in. I see Shade came in. I see Private Jared and came in. So I'm going to go ahead and throw it over to you guys so y'all can check in. And then we're going to continue the conversation. Monty B, how you been? Go ahead. do 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 Doop, da da doop. What's up, y'all? Um, I've been. I guess that's all I can say right now. Um, it's Friday. It's my birthday. Hey. Oh, oh happy birthday. Thank you. I'm 30 today. Happy birthday. Crazy. <laughs> you officially 30? I'm 15 again. Girl, join the club. The 30 club. It's already painful. Um, I'm just playing, <laughs> but um, I'm just getting these little babies ready for daycare because birthday or not, mommying never stops. So we're getting ready for daycare and then football practice later. And then we'll do something. I don't know what we're doing this weekend, but I guess we'll figure something out. But I hope everybody is having a great morning. Y'all know I try not to say too much before I get my coffee because my mouth's still a little reckless. So, yeah, let me go on mute. Love y'all. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I know I know I'm early. I know I'm early, but can Monty, is it okay if I release a word to you? Yes, sir. Okay. Um <clears throat> when you said that today was your birthday, the Lord immediately said to tell you that this will be a year of stretch for you. you. You're going to encounter some challenges this year. However, these challenges that you encounter this year is going to display another side of you that you never thought you had. God is going to cause you to step into another level of strength on another side. Things that you tried to avoid, they're gonna come back again and this time when you face them, you'll step into the boldness of the strength that you have and you will conquer them. Things that you felt like you were not strong enough to deal with. God says in this year of your life, it's a pivotal point in your life. It's a pivotal time in your life. I'm not, I'm not saying that uh, you're not going to deal with hardship, but there is a hardship that is going to come to you. And God said, this hardship is not to destroy you, but it is going to strengthen you. And you're going to face it head on. And you are going to remember this prophetic word. And this prophetic word now is going to give you strength to trace it, face it, erase it, and replace it. Remember those words. Trace it, face it, erase it and replace it. God is going to take you through that hardship. I yield. Lonnie. Yes, sir, I heard him. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, you there, right? <laughs> I was on me because my daughter is doing a whole lot right now. Amen. Okay. Well, hey, receive that in Jesus' name. Uh, who we got next? Ebony. Ugh, I scratched. Sorry, that the way I just said it was real. Good morning, Miss Ebony. How you doing today? Do -do -do -do. Go ahead, and check in for us. Hey, good morning, y'all. Uh, so start, girl. 
was so sorry. I am exhausted. Um, I don't know what the weather is, but it is raining. Uh, you're welcome, baby. It is raining. Whole fam is, is here in the house. My daughter doesn't have summer school on Fridays. You're welcome, baby. Um, hubby doesn't work on Fridays, and of course, little man is here running out. So we're all here together. Got her some breakfast. Hubby's gonna go run out and get us some breakfast. She's singing Baby Shark in the background. <laughs> Every time I get on this call, she gets to sing something. I don't know what that's Oh my gosh. Um, if Amber was over there with her, y'all, you know they would be singing together. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's just like, um, but that's, that's it. Not much, to, not much to share over here. Um, looking forward to, I guess, hearing what you guys have been chatting about. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ebony. Thank you so much. <laughs> Rain over there, baby. She's not so cute over there. Just in the background, having fun. She don't be caring. <laughs> I love that about kids. They don't be having a care in the world. Like, bro. Man, if I can go Why back do we the rush baby. to grow up? Why do we rush to grow up? It's really Why? ghetto here. I don't, I don't know what was wrong with us. It's super ghetto here. <laughs> Fast. Couldn't wait to be grown. I knew I would. I was one of them kids. I couldn't wait to be grown. Wanted to be grown so bad. And then here it is. Boom. Find out being an adult is ghetto. <laughs> Take me back. Ghetto. It's ghetto, ghetto, ghetto. And the words in the Lily Nene Leaks. Ghetto. <laughs> ghetto. Like, what is this? No, you don't got no white refrigerator. Oh <laughs> You're <my>. home. <laughs> Bonnie, that's what she said. She said, what is this, a white it refrigerator? A <laughs> uh-uh, let me go get you a home, honey. <laughs> oh, my God, bye. <laughs> All right, I'm going to throw it over to Shay. Then I got Prophet Jerry. Shay, it's on you. Good morning. Go ahead and check in for us. Can Prophet Jerry go first? I'm trying to finish up a call. Uh, yeah, yeah, you good, you good. Prophet Jerry, I'm throwing it over to you, sir. How you doing this morning? Go ahead. Good morning. Mega love to everyone in the room. Um, I don't know the temperature because, you know, I, I woke up early. I wake up every morning about 5.30, get my morning prayer in, devotion, had my... Um, Starbucks bowl coffee, and I actually had uh, a turkey sausage and egg croissant this morning from uh, Dunkin' Donuts for some reason. I just had a taste for it. Uh, I'm at the U-Haul joint getting a hitch on the back of my vehicle uh, because we're going to be uh, hitching and carrying um, our belongings Florida and you know the devil is a liar because yesterday uh, driving home in the middle of the highway the battery in my car just died just died dead died like literally died and so I had to get a whole new battery for my car and I said devil you want me to stay in New Jersey but you was a whole lie you a lie and your wife was there icicles on a hot day on the corner of the drip of, of a strip joint. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So I said, no, I'm getting out of New Jersey. You hear me? Uh oh, no, 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 no. I'm getting up out of here. Use a whole lot. 
And so, yeah, I'm now at the U-Haul joint getting uh, uh, the hitch put on. And, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. Um, I have to minister on Sunday before we leave. So after I minister, we're getting right in the car and heading, heading down the highway um, to be at our new location where we're going to be. So, yeah, that that's... Uh, Oh, yeah, th th that's my day. Yeah, that's my day today. No shopping today. No shopping. No <laughs> I was going to say, it's Friday. You ain't going to do no shopping? No Wait, no shopping today. Prophet Jerry. Yes. Prophet Jerry, what does the devil's eye, what does his wife sell again? His wife sell ice, <laughs> his wife, his wife sells ice pops on a hot day next to the corner of the strip joint. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Hey, um, probably I got a question too, because I don't know if you heard of this before. Um, when I had moved out into Texas, um, I had a lot going on as well that was difficult and weird stuff out of nowhere that was just happening. And someone told me there's a thing called a territorial spirit that's that that does not want you in that region or something, they'll try to do things to keep you out. Is that like, is that some true thing you need to pray against? Like territorial spirits? Is that something? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's, and it's, and it's in the cosmos that it, that, that causes it to happen. Um, scripture tells us in Daniel 10, that when Daniel prayed, there was an angel from the Prince of Persia that was fighting the answer from coming to him. Yeah. So, so this prayer. is why, this is why even when I teach, um, in my in my school, I tell them whenever there was a word spoken or whenever there is a prayer uttered um, out of your mouth that is audible, you cover it so there are no delays in the in its arrival time. So yeah. you, you cover that prayer, you cover that word and you seal it with with the blood of the lamb. So when the enemy sees the blood, he passes over. So, yeah, I, I'm praying against every every territorial spirit, every regional spirit. That wants to keep me in this, this, ooh, I was getting ready to say something. Uh, that's keeping me in this state. I've been here all my life. I moved out. I moved one time before to Florida, but I only stayed there for about maybe three years. So the Lord is sending me back there to finish the work that I started. And so, yeah, I I'm out of here, y'all. Trust me, I'm out of here. <laughs> Pastor Jerry said, he ain't trying to stay up there. <laughs> And Monty, your birthday's on a special day. Y'all wasn't in here earlier to tell y'all, and I'm going to just signal. But today's my wedding anniversary. Happy anniversary. I see that on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful day. Wonderful day. Yes. Tell you what, I just not thought about it. You said that like y'all got married first. We got. Shut up. It was a great day to get married. My brother's birthday was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> The twenty first was Monty's birthday, so Lalora said, "You need to do this on Monty's birthday." I'm screaming. So you can be blessed and just have that, you know. I don't care mentality. You know what I'm saying? So the <laughs> Lord said, "We gonna face some stuff." And you gotta be like, "All right, it is what it is." You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you Monty, you, you 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 said Mark. you turned you right. turned thirty. Yes, you turned thirty. That that's something. That's something. Look at today's date. 721. 721. 
Um, 21 is rather 7 times 3 21. And that that number three is very significant for you. This is why. I this is why the Lord said that. Okay. Very, 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 very interesting. I'm, I'm very sensitive when it comes to numbers. No, it is not angelology. It is called numerology. God deals with numbers. He deals with time. And I'm very sensitive when it comes to numbers and dates and specific dates. So today is a very, very it's an important day from 72123. That's very, and the operative number there is three. Because you put three into seven, you get 21. You put seven into three, you get 21. So it's very, very, very great. All right, numerology. I just know when I see 777, that means jackpot. Oh, come out of that, come out of that, come out of that spirit, come out of that, come out of that angel number spirit you got. Come on out of there. There it goes. <laughs> All right, let me get my coffee. <laughs> so, <I'm> crazy. <laughs> Pastor Jerry, I got a question. Can you explain to us, like, the, like, I don't know. Like, we was trying to talk about it early because we, uh, Prophet, uh, not Prophet J.Y., yeah, Prophet J.Y. was in your room and we was talking about the man speaking in tongues. And I ain't gonna cap, I go in a lot of rooms like that. But my thing is, I've always understood, and even biblically, I've always understood speaking in tongues as something of personal edification. Even in scripture, I believe one part of the Bible talks about how if a bunch of, if an unbeliever comes into a, a sanctuary or something and everybody's speaking in tongues, the unbeliever ain't going to get converted. They ain't going to know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? So why, do, like, if there are tongues that you, that you, that does corporate edification, like when I speak in tongues, am I corporately edifying people too? E, no, 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 no. Don't start, don't start, K. You're not corporately <laughs> edifying anyone if there is no interpretation. Okay. If there is no interpretation, you're not corporately edifying anyone. Um, that That's why Paul tells them, and if you don't speak, speak in the privacy of your own home. Um, because, because, because if there is a language that comes out and it is of the Holy Spirit, or, or what I grew up is the Holy Ghost. That means God is saying something. Yeah. God, God is saying something. Let's go back to Acts two. Now, now, now there are different kinds of tongues. It's a whole teaching that I teach about tongues. They are speaking with tongues and speaking in other tongues, as the spirit of speaking with tongues is speaking the language of the spirit. But speaking in other tongues is speaking in the tongues of languages that could be understood by people of that specific language that understands it. Your Bible says it in Acts chapter 2, if you didn't rip it out. They begin to speak in other tongues and they ask the questions, are these not Galileans? So they begin to speak in every tongue of the, in every language of the world, Hebrew, Chinese, Japanese. And there was interpretation because they thought that they were speaking in the language. They had no idea what they were speaking, but that language could be understood. Speaking with tongues is speaking in the tongue of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Ghost, that makes intercession. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but it is the Holy Ghost that maketh intercession. 
with moanings and groanings. Yes, those moanings and groanings, uh, which cannot be uttered. So those moaning and groaning is like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a moaning groaning that can't be uttered, or you'll go into a tongue that can't be uttered. But those tongues are to be uh, in the privacy of your own home. Uh, case in point, and I'm done. There was a man leading praise and worship. I was in church in Pennsylvania. Um, I think it was about this time last year. And the man was leading praise and worship. Here's a sidebar, JY. I can't stand it when they call people to lead praise and worship, then they start prophesying. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Stop it. You just lead worship. You ain't got to do all of that other stuff. Stop. And so he began to uh, uh, prophesy and firstly speak in tongue. And I heard the language and I heard the dialect and I tapped my wife and I said, these are his closet prayer tongues. These are not tongues that are supposed to be spoken out in the public. This is his prayer. This is his, this is his personal prayer language. So when you really get tapped into understanding the, the, oh God, when you tap in to understand how the spirit speaks and his language and the dialect of it, you'll understand and you can interpret whether it's prayer tongue, whether it's supposed to be in your private, the privacy of your own home, or where there is a tongue that's getting ready for interpretation. So yeah, people need to understand that's why, uh-oh, I'm going to bust somebody up with this, Trey. I'm going to bust them up with this, Monty and JY. People say, oh, pray in the heavenly language, and they start speaking in tongues. Wrong. <laughs> what, what is the heavenly language? No. Tongues is not your heavenly language. How do you talk to God? In English. Thank you. That's, that's <laughs> your heavenly language. <laughs> Regularly. <laughs> go, go, you know, shut up. That's not your heavenly language. Your heavenly language is the language that you talk to God in that you understand and God will speak to you in that same language. I got a question. But that, but, but that spirit language, that, that the language of the spirit that is in you is another thing. I have an answer. Um, yes. People say pray in your quote unquote heavenly language because it kind of because the enemy can't interpret it or understand what you're saying. Like, it's a secret language between us and God. You don't even know what you're saying when you're speaking in tongues. That's what, I, so I want to know if that's like, is that, is that any truth behind that or what? Well, let's, let's, let's be honest. Let's be honest. I, I'm going to get in trouble here, mama. The enemy can only understand what you give him knowledge to understand. In other words, he does not have a body. The only way he can operate is through a body. He doesn't have a voice. So the only way he can operate is through a, vo through a body. He doesn't have a language. So the only thing he can operate through is someone with a language. So I, I, I hope that kind of it, it, it's it's so deep. It, it's it's really deep there. So the enemy doesn't understand. Who cares if you think about the enemy? We pay too much attention to what the devil doing instead of paying attention to God answering the prayer. Thanks. We focus too much on the devil. Please. The, the, the only thing he has power in is what you give him. Like I said, oh, I bind the spirit of witchcraft. 
please, I ain't think about no witch or no witchcraft. All things are possible to him that believe. And if you are a believer, that stuff does not have power over you. What? We're so scared of the devil. We are, we, we're scared of him. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We're so scared of him that we give him so much attention. I bind the spirit of fear. Do you know what the spirit of fear looks like? I tell you, I saw the spirit of fear one time and the spirit of fear, K. Nick, looks like a little small stick man shaking. Do you know how small that spirit is? And he said, I give you the spirit of fear, but I gave you love, power and a sound mind. So we're actually we're actually feeding something that's really small. You know why your issue is big? Because you keep feeding it attention. How, how do you want something to die? Don't give it no attention. Y'all don't want this gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm on mute. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I heard, and I heard, uh, I know in the Bible it speaks that when we see what this enemy is, we're gonna look at it like this is the thing that's been tormenting us. This thing right here. So no, I'm glad you said that, Prophet Jerry. It means a lot. Uh, I guess we can finish the check in, Prophet. My bad. No, that was good. You good? You actually, you know, helping me out. I love when we ask these type of questions because that actually gives us some clarity to you know what we see in some of these rooms sometimes, like. Cause I ain't gonna count. Some of these people be they, be, they be, they be doing the most. They be really doing the most. Like, uh, is this really edifying somebody? And sometimes you gotta be careful if you listen closely, Monty. It sounds like they be chanting. Right. Uh, uh I gotta get out of here. Exactly. exactly. Y'all chanting. Y'all, y'all, y'all not uh, Rob, y'all getting me quill with up in here. Don't know that. That makes sense. That definitely makes sense. All right, I'm gonna finish checking in. Trey, it's on you. Well, the word of the Lord declares, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And I'm glad to be here today because wherever I go is his house. Amen. Um, <clears throat> Good morning, everyone. I'm very glad to be here. Alive and saved and sanctified, filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, all that great stuff. It's amazing. Um, I have no clue what the temperature is because I woke up an hour late this morning, so I am rushing, trying to get ready to go where I have to go. I am not eating breakfast because that requires a little bit too much energy output from me, and it's not happening. And um, I am about out of four this morning, praise our God, and I think I've answered every question. Thank you so much, Prophet. Trey, do you speak in tongues in front of other people? Um, yes, but number one, I am not a person that would disrupt the service. A lot of times you won't hear it. Um, and then I am I am a person that I'm 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 in a church that we interpret. At least I do. So there's a lot of times interpretation to follow um, or some type of prophecy or some type of instruction or some type of edification that follows what's being said to edify the body. Okay, so, so you go to one of them churches that. where if you're speaking out loud in tongues, somebody need to be interpreting. Uh, in, yes. Easy, yes, absolutely. Okay, okay. Is there always an interpretation to tongues? If if I'm out speaking out loud, yes. Okay. Because there, there's clearly something that the Lord wants to say. I'm not not going to disrupt the service. 
for no reason. But if that's something that, you know, God has to say, then absolutely. And that, that's definitely a gift that we don't really see in the church. We don't. Um, we don't. As often as we should. Now, I grew up seeing it, but then, you know, I don't I don't really see that gift that often, but absolutely. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's real. That is a real fact. I've known a lot of people who, you know, everybody can speak in tongues, but not too many people know how to interpret tongues. And I think that's interesting because some people even explain it as though that gift isn't real, as though it's just different languages that you're interpreting. Like God is just supernaturally giving you the, the ability to understand Spanish, to understand French. And I'm kind of confused, Pastor Jerry, because that's really what I thought it was. I thought once upon a time in my Christendom life, I thought that when God give you the gift of interpreting tongues, that automatically you'll just start speaking Spanish. Automatically you'll start knowing what Swahili means. Automatically you'll start understanding German. That's what I really did think that. And that's really what I thought. Well, well, in all reality, I just said that. That's the difference in speaking with tongues oh, and speaking yeah. in other tongues. Yeah. You know, and, and, and if you speak it, maybe you will speak Spanish. You don't know. <laughs> maybe you will speak Hebrew. You don't know. Because that, that's what God is saying through you. And if he, if, let, let's just say I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in a church. And my and and the language of a, a tongue come out, and it's Spanish. God is going to make sure that that word gets out because somebody in there is going to understand Spanish and they're going to interpret it mm, okay, because they, they they know what's being said. Now that's other tongue with tongue. Maybe it's maybe it's not a native language. Maybe it's the spirit speaking through you and an individual that has the gift to interpret that tongue will interpret it. You can't speak in tongue in the public and like uh man of God Trey said and disrupt the service. Right. Because you just feel like speaking in tongue, Ahana Mashanda, Ahana Mashanda, Ahana Mashanda. And guess what? <laughs> and guess what? And guess what, Prophet Trey? Ahana Mashanda, Ahana Mashanda, Ahana Mashanda, Ahana Mashanda. What are you saying? That means he's saying the same thing. That means he's saying the same thing or in reverse. He coming out, she can do this, God said peace. God said peace. No, that's not what he's saying. You said a whole bunch of words in tongues, but it don't mean that same thing in English. No, it, that's backwards. Wow. And Prophet, I hear a lot of people, they're, they're so ignorant. I've heard a lot of people, even some in this room, but you know, I ain't scared of nobody, <laughs> um, you know, talk about tongues in a um, way that they say you can only interpret. Now, th now this is the, this is the, this is the carnal mind when people really don't understand the realm of the spirit. You can only interpret tongues that have a language. First of all, if I'm from Spain and I come over to Wisconsin and somebody starts speaking in Spanish and there's a message in that, I don't have to have a gift to yeah. interpret what I already know. The right. gift comes to reveal something that I don't, that, I, that I'm not privy to. Right. So a lot, a lot, a lot of people will, you know, try to get scripture and argue that, but 
No, like tongues can be interpreted when, when they're not an actual language. But some people will argue that in the scripture, which I'll let them. I understand where they're coming from. But I don't, nobody needs a gift to interpret what they already know. And that's what I'd be saying. But back on me. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to speak in them, though. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'm going to speak. <laughs> He said, "I'm going to speak in them, though." Oh, I'm going. Oh, I work for. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, listen, I'm like you, Trey. Listen, I worked hard on the altar for that language. Tell you. I listen. I, I said. I said this the other. Let me just say this, Prophet. Let me just say this. People say, tarrying for the Holy Ghost is not necessary." <laughs> Call on Jesus, 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 Jesus. That's not necessary because the Bible said, "Wait till you be that work." Uh, tarry means to wait, but uh -huh. watch, but watch this. Although you may be right, and that's why my Holy Ghost is different from yours, because that old methodology. I feel, oh God, I felt a tongue slipping out right there. <laughs> that old methodology taught us how to endure until we get the answer. Come on now. How to endure the process, how to labor in the process. And I end on this. I'd rather be a crock pot than a microwave. God bless. Son of God today. I'd rather be a crock pot than a microwave. It okay, works. Now. I'm a witness. That makes sense. I didn't even think of that. About what I yeah, because, because the saints of old taught us how to pray and endure. Yeah. They taught right. us how to pray. They taught us how to endure. They said, call on them till they come. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and every Tuesday night I was on that altar and I was seeking after the Holy Ghost. I wanted the Holy Ghost. And until uh, our, and when you when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you know the day, you know yeah. the place, you know the hour. Yeah. Listen, let me tell you, it was <laughs> it was December the twenty fourth, nineteen ninety five, wow. in Lexington, Kentucky, at the House of God Youth Convention. I was born and raised in the Sabbath. My godmother pulled me out. There was a there was a praise going on, and my godmother pulled me out the the seat and pulled me into the aisle and she started tarrying with me for the Holy Ghost until one of the bishops, one of one of the major bishops of the house of God, Bishop Owens from Norristown, Pennsylvania, came off the pulpit and started tarrying with me to the Holy Ghost. I was nine years old and I came through with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Sure did. And then at the end, Bishop said, come here, son. Tell, what did the Lord do for you? What happened to you? See, because if you can't say it, it ain't happened. <laughs> Trey, Trey, they don't like that kind of, they, they, they don't know nothing about that, Trey. They don't know nothing about that. <laughs> Listen, I remember having so many Terry services, quote unquote, Terry services I went to where I was just on the ground, Jesus, 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 thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. And then my mind would go on to like, in the midst of me doing that, my mind would start saying, Bro, what you gonna eat later? Like, like, <laughs> like my mind was just drift off to so many different places. Like I, I I'm really intellectual and I um and I, I, I you know I dealt with ADD too. So I'll be just chilling and my mind just start thinking about 
video games and stuff and this, that, and the other nature. I'm like, you look like an idiot down here. Like, there'd be certain things that I'd be talking to myself in my mind. So I understand that feeling of wanting the Holy Spirit because I remember leaving them and feeling so defeated. Like, I, 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 like, like almost borderline, like, this ain't real, this, that, and the other. Like, I felt like a loser, especially when I'd be around someone who was in the service with me and they start leaving with tongues and I'm walking away not receiving. And it really made me feel so, so terribly. And I remember the moment where I received it and all it took me to do was ask God because I was in a prayer line and they said, you know, this is the area where we have to pray in your tongues. And I um, was like, huh, <laughs> well, JY don't got it. Uh, but I asked God, like, right then and there, like, I want, I really, really want this. And at that moment, I couldn't control my mouth. And so uh, I get it, like, as much as I wanted and how bad I felt when I used to get up from those Tarian services. I know a lot of people probably felt that way, too, if you was Tarian every week or every so often and, and you leave without receiving it and you feel like such a failure. So now that I have what I have, oh, best believe. Uh, I'm gonna be speaking in these tongues. I'm letting you know right now. Hello. Listen, like that's I told you that church. My <laughs> wife and I have visited. We loved it. It was a great word. People, it was a wonderful spirit. This, that, and the third thing. But they didn't know how to push past the ceiling of worship, and it was like I almost felt like I did not want to be in a place where I've been to a church before that didn't believe in speaking in tongues. Now I would have to run into an area because I didn't want no one to think I was weird. Because I felt the unction in me i know what that feel like so i'm like i'm not i'm not going to go through that stress again because i worked so hard you know and, and and desire so hard to receive this gift so amen here is number one and i'm gonna say this and i'm gonna go on mute the holy ghost is not a football it can't be caught it is a gift it is received See, I caught the Holy Ghost. You didn't catch nothing. Like some, some catching a coat. No. The Holy Ghost ain't no football. It's a gift. You receive it. <laughs> Say he no football. <laughs> That's the theory. <laughs> The Holy Ghost ain't no football. Okay. Oh, back in the day, they still be saying that. I caught the Holy Ghost. He ain't no baseball, football, basketball. You don't catch it. He's a gift. You receive it. He said, I it's, caught it. <laughs> they make it like it's almost like a like oh, I caught the cold, like it's a disease. Like ah, I got on there. Nah, but no. they got the ghost. He didn't got the ghost. He didn't caught the ghost. Right. We used to call shouting catching the Holy Ghost when I was younger. So Me too. Yep. Shout, they were like, ah, oh, they caught the Holy Ghost. Then we used to run up the stairs or run in the room when we hear the music playing to watch somebody shout, and then everyone. I wish I'd have learned my shout back then, but uh, because I used to think like you had to have. Man, I'm telling you, man, I'm going to make sure my children know a whole a lot better because I used to think that you had to have a a Holy Ghost experience or whatever to even shout, not realizing that's just a praise. And the Bible says, like, everyone, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. So I don't even have to, quote, unquote, be Holy Ghost field or whatever to even give God a praise in the dance. You know what I'm saying? So it's so many different things. I didn't know as a child or growing up that I, I know I'm making sure I would teach others as well, you know what I mean, about when it comes to giving God praise in that nature. The Bible says that praise is calmly to the upright. And I'm going to 
and I'm gonna bless them, Trey. Do you hear me? I'm gonna skip, buck, run, jump. You know, um, I hope. Okay, you know, um, growing up in church, you know, um, I was taught wrong because I was taught, you know, you have to feel it to dance. Yeah, yeah. Or the people be like, or people be like, oh, he got happy, she got happy. A lot of times I do not be happy. Come on now. Okay, <laughs> that is not what it is. But I, I learned if if your praise or your worship or your relationship with God is strictly caught up on a feeling, you may not have that all the time. I don't always feel like praising God or doing whatever, but I'm going to praise him until I feel him. I'm trying to tell you I will. A, a lot of times I don't I listen. I don't feel like it. I really don't. There, there are a lot of times I want to come to church, sit down and chill and do nothing. But God is yet worthy of praise regardless of how I feel or regardless of what's going on. And if if he inhabits it, if he gets in the midst of it, I have to do it for him to come. Thanks. So bars. You, you, you shut up. Oh, Jay. Bars. You spinning bars. That's bad. You telling the truth. That's a bar. You never heard that before? Oh, Trey, come on, bro. You never heard anybody say bars. Like, you're spitting bars and rapping. All right. Anyway. No, that's true. I'm glad you say that because a lot of us are experiencing so many different things, hardships and this, that, and the other, and then they tell you to praise God. And I was I wonder what the, the children that was uh, uh, marching around Jericho, they were happy before they received it, right? Like, were they exhausted? Was they tired? Like, it felt good the first time, and then the second time, they was okay. But then once it got to that fifth time, you know, we, they marched around a whole city, right? Not just a block, right? So imagining how they felt of praising God for something that they didn't even possess yet. Mm. That's and so it's like I heard, I, I, baby, what we heard the other day, what dude say? Um, he said, praise God for the city, even though you don't have the city. And so now I'm trying to live that as a, as keep that in my forefront. And when it comes to praising God of like, even though I don't have what I, what I need or what I want, I'm praising God because I'm, because I'm going to have what I need and what I want. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'm going to give them praise. I got to learn how to dance, though. That's one thing. I got to get my dance back. I stopped going to them apostolic Pentecostal churches. I lost my dance. So I got to figure out my dance again. I'm, I've been watching Prime, uh, Prophet Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's the dancing man. Pastor I'm telling Jerry's you. I know he man. said, the Lord gave me that dance. <laughs> I got that dance from the Lord. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> JY, it's okay. He gonna give you some rhythm. He gonna give you. No, I got rhythm. I just want to know how they do that, though. Like you know, I'm not a little dude for one. <laughs> I, sometimes I gotta hold my pants up if my belt ain't working right. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? I don't want to be like David for real. You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, I got to get my, I got to get on the good foot. You know what I'm saying? Heist up my wither. I got to get it. I got to get it. You know what I mean? I'm going to get it though. Watch one day. I'm gonna, when the Lord give me my shout for real, I can't wait to bust it out. As soon as I hear that click track. <laughs> 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 
I'm gonna look over at my wife like Kevin Hart and be like, it's about, about to, to go, go down. down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to throw it over to Shay. This is 945, and we've been almost shifted just a second, but I definitely want to give everybody space and grace to check in. <laughs> Shay, did you, did you still there? Ebony, were you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, you could go ahead and check in, too. I just forgot what the weather is. It don't even matter. Uh, I'm on a four. Um, yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm four. I'm here. Ready to listen. Uh, and hop on into it. Y'all can already boarded on a pretty interesting topic. So, let's go. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I'm looking at the back channel. Mama Lynn, now Jesus was lost. <laughs> what you said? <laughs> I done went and found Jesus. <laughs> Jesus was lost, Mama Lynn. <laughs> All right, Shay, I'm going to throw it over to you. Go ahead. Check in for us. Do-do-do. Grace and peace to the entire space. Um, checking in this morning, y'all. Just, just pray for me. Just pray for me, and and, and um, that's where I'm gonna leave it at. I'm in New York. It's raining, um, but I'm just being as transparent as possible. I, I feel different today. I don't like it. I'm not myself, but I pressed my way to get on here anyway. So y'all just, y'all that know me know that I'm usually not this way, but um, the encourager needs encouragement. The strong one needs some arms. And, and I don't normally ask, but today that's what I'm asking for. So I'll be here. Y'all just lift me up. In prayer and and there there is an immediate need but i know god is able to fix it so y'all just just lift my name before the lord yeah i don't do nothing else right today i'm gonna take a moment right now pastor jerry just you pray can. for me. what you need can you pray for her right now no no i i'm i am what you need there, there, there. Like financial need i know what you need Six hundred dollars. All right. Uh, put your put your cash app in the um, in the chat, and uh, I'm gonna um, yeah, just put your cash app in the chat uh, because if everybody. Um, that's that believes in sowing. See, this is what I taught at the prayer retreat. This is what I taught at the prayer retreat. I taught <clears throat> that God answers prayers three ways. Through sending angelic visitation, he answers prayers through people, and he'll answer prayer himself. So I believe that if She's here in this room, and if we can all come together by some way, somehow, to help our sister, let, let's do that. I'm going to be the first. And I'm going to stand with you, Pastor Jerry. I'm going to stand with you, and I'm going to try to sow what I can as well. 
because I just believe in meeting the needs for people. I tell people all the time, even in this room, that's one of the reasons why I never raise seeds in this room because it's about blessing people instead of blessing us. So, hey, drop your, okay, I see it, I see it. Then say, drop your cash up in there and I'm gonna try my best to be a blessing to you as well. And let me take this moment right now to just lift you up in prayer as well. Father, I ask that you will begin to cover Sherry right now in her emotions, in her mind, in her spirit, and in her heart. God, cover her in every area of her life. God, meet her need right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we know that you are have chosen her, God. We know that she is covered by you. But God, we ask that you'll continue to stand in the midst on her behalf, God. Continue to meet her need, oh God. Continue to open the door for her, oh God, to receive, oh God. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen, amen, and amen. Shay, I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm going to hit you up in the back channel as well, okay? Amen. And I'm on a train, so if I jump off, um, I'll be right back on. Okay, no problem, no problem. But thank you, and thank you, Pastor Jerry, and, and all the rest of y'all, Mama Lynn, and Prophet J.Y., and Trey, and everybody. Thank y'all so much. I appreciate No problem, no problem. Listen, let's go ahead and jump into this conversation because I think this is a very interesting topic that we were talking about, even with the gifts of the spirit and whatnot. And as we even talked about Acts 2, you know, we were talking about that moment of Holy Spirit and whatnot. But if I'm not mistaken, there is a, a moment in Acts as well where they begin to bring themselves together, bring their stuff together to be a blessing to the community. And I think one thing um, that we addressed in in this week about kingdom business is making sure that a church or a ministry is meeting the need of people. I think that's what ministry is. Even when we was talking about our auxiliaries and the administration of ministry, I think oftentimes, you know what I'm saying, we overlook that or we devalue it because some of those systems aren't in place. Some of those ministries aren't in place. And then when we try to put them in place, I think it was Essence who said it earlier. Sometimes the funding for these ministries is what is so hard for a lot of people to do. Even when it comes to establishing a church and starting a church, I think one of the main things that people have to deal with is the funding of it all. So I think this is uh, not this week, but today, that's what we're really going to talk about. Because Pastor Jared, Pastor Charles, I see you just stepped in. Pastor Jared, Pastor Charles, I'm someone who has a ministry. And in the midst of me having my ministry, I tell people all the time, I fund my ministry out of my pocket. That's why God gave me a job. That's why God gives me opportunities for speaking engagement and all the other stuff. Because my ministry has been funded out of my pocket. I don't take seats. Uh, uh, I don't do tithes and offering and all the other stuff. But at the same time, I'm not going to stop doing ministry because of a lack of funding or a lack of people. But my thing is for other people nowadays, it still start the ministry because a lot of people, well, I don't got it yet. I don't see how I can do this. I don't see how, I don't think it is about necessarily having the funds. I always told people, once you start, the funds will begin to come. But oftentimes most people don't start because they're looking at the how, the when, or how much. And I want to know, Pastor Charles, I'm sure you, you got experience on this. You know what I'm saying? How is it uh, how do I say I don't want to say how do you just start a church but how do you start a ministry with a lack of finances to put it to be very simple how do you start a, a ministry with a lack of finances and even for those pastors that feel like oh well God told me to start a church God told me to start a church but then at the same time you don't have resources to start a church then what do you do dude I'm about to, you about to make me cry because Good morning, everybody. How y'all doing? Praise the Lord. Good morning. Cry, man. 
<laughs> Good morning. Yeah, if, I would have been on here earlier, but I was putting up a balloon feature for this water day for v VBS. So pray for the pastor. Got to do stuff. But listen, but, but let me tell you, I'm about to cry. The reason I'm about to cry is because what's amazing is that it doesn't even start with just the funding. It starts with your yes. Yes. It starts with your yes. When you make the decision and to follow and do what God said, in spite of what it looks like, in spite of even knowing whether or not you're going to have financing and funding and how it's going to work. And I'll tell anybody, you know, it is scary. It's not something that you just, you know, well, you know, sometimes you have, you contemplate it. Sometimes you go through all those changes, but the realness of it is, is that if you've got the yes and you've got the yes and the nod of Holy Spirit to do it, the first thing you got to do is do it. Start the process, whether it's writing a vision. I know that is one of the things we talk about a lot, and and it seems so so nebulous, but it starts off on a pa on pad and paper. What are you going to do? Who are you called to? Yeah. What is it that you have in your heart? And start there, and then... I will, and I'll say this, and I know it seems like it's just superficial and, and quick, but let me tell you, God funds and finances what he's in. Um, and he sometimes will set you up for certain things uh, until you get to where you need to get to. Let me tell you, I didn't, I didn't start without money at all. In fact, um, when I, when I was uh, fired from the job, I worked there long enough and I was faithful. They couldn't say that I, I was, uh, you know, causing a problem or causing a stir. Uh, the pastor wanted to change the music and he said he wanted to do something else. And, and I said, okay. Um, but even with that, okay, I was sitting here saying, you fool, you, I'm one of the best musicians in this, in this area. Here you come going to make changes because you just want to change things to some kind of nebulous place that is never going to be. I see, I had all that deep stuff there, but I said, okay, okay, I'm out. If you don't need me here, then I'm out. And I didn't fuss and argue and scream about it. I just said, I'm leaving. And he said, it was, I mean, that's what he said he wanted me wanted to do. So it wasn't nothing for me to stay there for. But when that was happening, I was faithful to that ministry. And I was there long enough that the ministry and the people, they gave me a severance package. And they also gave me, allowed me, gave me a service at the end uh, for people to bless me. But let me tell you what happened and what I did. I didn't even realize it, but they sent me off. They set me up with enough money to start my process. I didn't have one of those um, get rich or get, get rich. I didn't have one of those get work in the ministry quick things and be a part of our, our network and we'll fund you to a certain, we'll loan you a certain amount of money. And then once you come to a certain place, if you do it the way we tell you to do it, then uh, you should have what you need. And then we'll, we will expect that money back back so we can fund someone else. No, I didn't have all that. I, I wasn't a part that. of that group. Huh? You said churches do that? Like they start yes. you off and then you kind of like a franchise. Yeah, sort of like this. There, there wow. are some. There were some. You know, I, I don't know if they're still out. I'm pretty sure they're still out there. There were certain networks of churches, or that that all they do is church plant. But in that church planting, they give you a certain amount, and they give you um, a plan to work their plan in the area that you're in. And if it works well, and they and according to them, it's supposed to just work. Um, they expect a return. Um, so I didn't get to, I wasn't able to be a part of that. I wanted to be, but I wasn't able to be a part of that. And God do that. And so what he did was he funded me 
um, with severance package and with some stuff. So I had enough. It wasn't a whole, whole lot, but it was enough for me to pay my mortgage about three or four months. It was enough for me to kind of live, but I, but I tur turned that money over into uh, doing some things for the church or doing some things to start the ministry. When I had the nod and the yes of God, I started that way. I got banners. I had certain things. I knew we were going to be moving around some, so I wanted to have something that shows that we are here. I got the, the feather flags. I got certain things like that and had it so that where if we went to a hotel or we went to wherever, we had it ready. Now, what I also did was I did something called um, an interest group. Anybody that was interested in being a part, and guess what I used? I used Facebook. I used, uh, people were telling me, hey, pastor, when you get ready to start, you let me know. Uh, I said, are you sure that I can let you know? Sure, I let them know, and guess what? About 90%, 80% or so of them came. The other ones was like, oh, no, that's okay. Uh, whatever so that's fine you know you everybody's not going to do what you want to do but anyway that was the quickness of how god worked it out so i had some funding and god provided for the vision that he gave me to start the ministry god provided i trusted him was it scary yes but let me tell you i i, I know some folks that will use their money to invest it somewhere else but let me tell you i've gotten it back and then some I've gotten everything that I've invested and even then some. And God lets me know, and I know this for a fact, whatever he guides and he fund, whatever he guides in, he will fund. And, you know, it, sometimes it's kind of sticky sometimes, but let me tell you, when I, when I turned this thing over to him and I said, I am not going to worry another day about finances because, Lord, if you're in this, and I believe that you are, if you're in this, then I expect you to finance what you're in. And, I'm, and, I, and let me tell you, my, my, my load is lighter since I've done that. Um, that's only been about maybe a couple of years or so, and I don't have a whole, whole lot of people, but we have a building that we're, um, we're almost paid off in Jesus' name. We've got land that is paid off. We've got everything that I, everything that we need. We have it. I just sold the van. I got tired of, and we won't use the van, so I sold it, and praise the Lord. It, the money went in savings, so we're still trying to build our savings up because I believe God wants us to do more. Anyway, I'm done. Hallelujah. Uh, sorry I took up so much time. But yeah, but you're right in my wheelhouse with that. That's good, Pastor Charles. I like that. <laughs> I like that. My thing is a lot of pastors go through that season of where God, I built it. I didn't start it, but it's not like nothing's rolling in. And that's like a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people are pastors would give up at that point. Even me, I ain't going to cap. I start when I started my ministry, Pastor Charles. I was doing all kinds of outreach, giving back to people. And I'm like, God, I started. God, I'm here, but I don't see nothing coming back. You know what I'm saying? And it literally used to take me like, oh, it used to take me through there because I'm like, God, I'm doing what you say do, but then where's the return? So how do you um? I want to say how do you coach somebody through that? But how do you coach somebody through that? You know what I'm saying? Other than telling them, oh, you just gotta wait on God and you gotta stick with it. <laughs> Like, well, well, here's the thing. Let's, let's be real. Let's be honest about that, though, for real. I'm gonna let. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna get let. Uh, Prophet Jerry. Jerry. Let me, yeah. Let me let me let that let him have let me go. Because let me tell you. All I did. Only thing I could tell you is is um do what you do what you can do 
and let God start to work the rest. And I, I think we put time limits on stuff. And listen, because I did have a, have a job. I had a job as well that I tried to work. But my problem was is that I could not work it and then get the building process done at the same time because I didn't have the kind of people that were off of work themselves or the ability to be able to watch builders uh, put things together and stuff like that. And so me and my wife worked our finances and figured it out, and I was able to um, come off the job for a little bit. In fact, came off the job totally. So it is what it is. I mean, but you have to make that decision until you can do until you can get, you know, until the, if, if it's supposed to, if it's supposed to, if it's supposed to sustain you, then, um, you know, God will, will orchestrate that. But until then, be content with working. It's okay. You're not out of God's will because you have a secular job. In fact, I'd like to have another job so I could have more retirement put away. I mean, I'm, I would love to do that. But anyway, I'm going on mute. Thanks. Pastor Jerry, I'm throwing it to you, sir. I'll say this. When your why is right, your what will prosper. Let me say that again. When your why is right, your what will prosper. What am I saying? If God gave you an assignment First of all, let me, let me just let me tell you what I teach. When he gives you an assignment, the first thing he's going to tell you, when he tells you it, first thing, it's going to blow your mind, number one. When he tells you to do something, he's going to tell you to do it at the most inconvenience in time of your life, number two. Back. Number three, when he tells you to do it, it's not going to match with anything you have in your personal budget. Mm. Never. Anytime God gives you something, it is not going to be according to what you have in your personal pockets. Why? Because he is going to fund it, not you. It is his response because why? This is his work that's being done through you. You know what really low, you know what really low, I'm really low, Pastor Charles? People get on it all we about to do a we about we about to do a conference. If I can get fourteen people to help me sow two hundred dollars, wait a minute. You God told you to do this conference, and if God <laughs> gave this to you, you don't have to beg me for money. You don't have why. Anytime I did a conference, JY, I never had to ask anybody for any money. Only thing there was was a registration fee to to you know for, for the classes. Everything else, God supplied. People said, I see you doing a conference. Here's $2,000. I see you doing this. Here it is. Why did the Queen of Sheba give the man of God all of that money? The Queen of Sheba saw his heart and passion for ministry and work, and she gave him money. Wow. When your why is right, your what will prosper. Don't focus. I know finances is going to be there. I know finances is going to be a concern. But if you focus on your assignment and what God wants you to do, that money going to come. How? I don't know. No, 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 no. I do know. I do know. The Bible says any time that there was a miracle done or any time God performed a miracle or anything happened in Scripture, the Bible says Jesus said it was according to your faith. 
So God, you got me out here. My faith is in you to provide the rest. I'm not going to focus on monetary things. Oh, we, we, I, I need 17 people. We need pulpit furniture. What? God's going to provide it. If God gave you the vision, he's going to give you provision. And provision is for vision. If you don't have a vision, you won't get provision. Let me say that again. If you don't have a vision, you won't get provision. Somebody's going to see you doing something. Somebody's going to listen to this podcast. Somebody's going to see what you are doing, and then they're going to want to invest. Why? Because God told you to. He never told anybody to look for the money. He just said, do what I tell you to do. The money will come. Be encouraged. That's good. That's good. That's so I'm talking to you. Okay, there you go. See, my thing is like, and I especially mentioned when it comes to like auxiliaries and stuff in ministry, because a lot of people do that. A lot of people say, okay, well, I feel like God is calling me to put on this conference. How many gonna stand with me for two hundred dollars to put on the conference? Like, mm, is that what we supposed to do? And then after that, I gotta come pay tithes at the conference. Uh, uh-uh, I don't think. Uh, uh-uh. I don't. I just don't believe it. I just don't believe it. I just don't believe. It. I just can't. Ebony, did you want to jump in? No? Okay. Okay. So here's here's another question that I have, um, Pastor Charles, and you may be able to help me. Um, so is you, Pastor Jerry. When it comes to the establishment of a of an assignment of the church or the ministry or whatever, and I understand the fact of you like you said, God is going to provide that. But are there certain um, are there certain processes? that a person will have to go through in order to establish it effectively, even without the money. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is the proper process of establishing it effectively, Pastor Charles? I think we, we kind of keep going around that bridge a little bit. The biggest thing is, is do you have a yes from God? Is God, is God giving you the, the mandate to do? I think that's the big thing. And then from there is your obedience. And then, but expect, here's some things. How about expect God to download to you what you need in the process and all that kind of stuff, if you allow him to. Oh, you went out, you went out, you went out. Yeah, oh, that was all I said. I'm sorry, I should have said I'm going on mute. Okay, okay. Yeah, understandable, understandable. See, my thing is with a lot of leaders, it's like, okay, well, bro, I mean, Once, like you, like you said, once you start, you should be able to. I don't know. I guess gain the traction, but then I think that kind of goes back to what Michael just dropped in the comment. If you don't have a consistent twelve people following you, you know what I'm saying for twelve months, then you might have to reevaluate the assignment. But that's why I, I kind of. It brings me to the point of thinking, how do people identify that assignment then? Because I know a lot of great preachers, but at the same time. I don't think you called to pastor. You know what I'm saying? And many people will try, oh, I've been preaching so long. I've been preaching this long. It's time for me to start a church. Okay, start the church. And the midst of them starting the church, it's like, well, now your biggest problem is always funding or establishing it. But it's like you've been preaching for 15 years. You've been preaching for 12 there's, years. And there's a the problem, problem right there. There's a problem so, right there. The problem is this. You just said it in your verbiage. I think I'm going to start a church. (laughs) And that's the issue. As opposed to the Lord is leading me to do this. Yeah, yeah. Firstly, let me tell you something. 
Whenever God calls you to do something for him, your first answer will always be, uh-uh, not me. Nope. Yeah. Find somebody else to do it. <laughs> that's, how, that's how you know that this is the burden of it, the responsibility of it, the call to it, the weight of responsibility of it. And, and, and that's the issue. We're starting things that we feel that we're good at, but we're not mm. called to. There we go. So, so Prophet Jerry, I, let me hop in there real quick, because I think I, I, I think about the ascension gifts, right? And he gave some apostles, he gave some prophets, he gave some evangelists, he gave some shepherds and teachers. And I think there are too many people that have been gifted to be an apostle, which is to establish something, but they're not gifted to pastor something. Ooh. And I think too oftentimes you have some very good apostles trying to operate as a shepherd, and that's not what they're called to do. Just because you apostle something doesn't mean you necessarily need to shepherd something. One of the things that I push in my church all the time is you can start anything you want to. Um, you can work your gift out, but working your gift out doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be, quote unquote, in charge of anything. Your biggest purpose may be just to rally the people. And then once you get the people together, put things in place to continue it. There are too many pastors trying to be apostles. There are too many apostles trying to be pastors. And unless you're gifted in both, you need to pick one or the other. And I think that's one of the things people fail with. It's the old adage, if you build it, they will come. Right. Don't build it so that they will come have them come to find out if you should build it. Because if you're supposed to build it, to your point, uh, Prophet Jerry, if, if if God gave you the vision, there's going to be provision. God's not telling you to buy a building or lease a building and you have no way of funding the building. Right. I, I don't ask God for buildings. I, ju I just had this conversation with somebody uh, planting, uh, planting our second location in Mississippi, and he's He's focusing on his building. And I say, hey, man, don't focus on the building. Focus on getting people to show up. Mm. And once you once you once you run out of room in your living room, that's when you know it's time to get a building. But if you can't fill up your living room with overflow just yet, it's not time for you to focus on leasing out a building or anything like that. That's good. You that's know, Pastor good. Michael, I just got an invitation. Uh, somebody asked me to come to Tylertown, Mississippi. And and I carved out the date. I set up the date. I canceled appointments because this individual wanted me to come to Tylertown, Mississippi. And I called back to uh, get the uh, confirmation. And he said, uh, oh, we're going we going to uh, reschedule you for another time. And, da, da, da. and I said, oh, is that right? I said, well, it'll be a long time before I come to your church because you don't call me with a date and I carve out my schedule and cancel stuff. And I put you on my calendar and uh, you tell me we're going to get you in January. No, you're not going to get me in January. You probably won't get me till 2026. How about that? Well, <laughs> I think that was important. <laughs> And then Michael even said something that was powerful about starting your living room. If you can't fill up your living room, then why are you out here looking for a building? 
Like, come on now. I think that is so powerful because that's where a lot of people find their frustrations at. Because, like, like Michael said, it's going to that old adage. A lot of people feel like if I build it, the people gonna come. Like, and that's I think that's what's frustrating to a lot of leaders because now you done built this whole edifice of a church. You done, you done took all your life savings and tried to build a church, but you don't even have people to fill it up. To fill it up, like. Here's uh, another thing, prophet of. <laughs> Pastor Mike, Pastor Charles, if your family don't believe in you, then Ooh. you shouldn't be doing it. Yep. If your own kin, if your own kinfolk don't believe in you, if your if if, and this is why, and, and Pastor, uh, Pastor Charles, you they, they're going to do this to you for for you to even be um, considered to um, to be a prince in the Lord's church as a bishop. The first person they talk to is your spouse and your family because if your family don't believe in what you're doing you just, just hang it up just hang it up they might not like you but they believe in what you do mm. that's good that's good that's good and i think that is a key point because even when god called noah to be a noah was called with his family <laughs> Even though Noah got the assignment to build and all the other stuff, he still was with his family. So that actually makes a valid point. And I think that's why a lot of people still go left because your family ain't even there to support you. So now you feel like you isolated. Now you counting on the members when truth be told, you don't even supposed to be counting on members. And a lot of times people put so much faith in their members. And that's that's kind of... Pastor Charles, like, come on, like... <laughs> As a leader, do you put faith in your members to actually always just be there? Or is it just your assignment? Like, explain that dynamic. I believe that we don't put faith in our members, but I believe we we put faith in them, if, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah. We, yeah. we teach them faith. We teach them the, the genesis of faith and faith not for things but faith in God because if you have faith in God the things will come so we, we, we put a not just faith in them but I believe there's a sense of accountability that we expect from them that's where so, yeah you know you know there's a sense of accountability but no the Bible says uh, don't put your faith in the arms of man because they will fail you but what we do is we put a demand, not necessarily a, a demand, but an expectation on accountability. Don't put your faith in people because people are flaky as pie crust. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> they're here today and gone today. So no, we don't put faith in them. We instill faith in them. That's, that's what, that, 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 that's, I mean, in, in my opinion, that, that's what it is. You're absolutely, I, I agree with that opinion. Uh, I'm going to use that. People are as flaky as pie crust. It is the truth. It is the truth. There are folks that will say they'll be a ride or die and they'll be with you forever and they're going to work with you, but you disagree with them on certain things or you don't let some of them have their way or things like that. They will take their selves, their shoes, and their money and go somewhere else and you know do their own thing. I will say this uh, from my personal testimony. Um, you know, I started off with with the adage of, I don't know what I'm doing, but God knows what's good to do and I'm gonna follow him. 
Well, that was a really, really big sign of not just humility, but for some it was weakness. They thought that, oh, you don't know what he's doing. Well, uh, well, let's see, because I've been in ministry longer than him, and ooh, and ah, and, and these same folks tried to start a church within the church, and but they didn't know they didn't know that I, I I've been around for a minute. I never tell them all my business, and I ended up kind of dealing with them and snuffing it out. Sadly, what they never realized is that whatever you sow, you're going to reap. They think people like that think that they're going to be okay, and you know God is for me too. Yes, He is for you. But please understand that that you sow, you're going to reap. And this uh, this this nasty attitude and whatever this is, you think you're going to get some people that's going to have money and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. Well, I'm going to tell you, whatever you sow, you're going to have people that's going to be just like you and they're going to give you the same. I'm not trying to curse you. I'm saying that the, the, the reaping and sowing is involved. So it's good to treat people right. It's good to serve well wherever you are so that when your time comes, um, you can deal with it. And then you're going to deal with problems anywhere you go. But at the end of the day, the realness of it is, is there sometimes I have to call it out and say, Lord, I didn't sow this. So I ask you to fix this for me and show me what to do and that will build me up so that I can be able to do what's right. I've seen folks leave here mad with me, but I've also seen one or two of them come back and apologize and say, I didn't realize what I was doing. Can you forgive me? And can you allow me to come back? To be a part of this because you know and you know what they're back in their serving i just somebody just told me this now um this way i couldn't get right on right away one of them we were doing this vacation people just coming in and one of the persons came running in and said uh pastor uh i had an assignment this week and it went very well i said i expected it to you 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 you, were, you served well here and you serve well wherever you go and you're gifted and talented i expect it to go well i'm glad for you i expect that you know, and, and I'm glad as a pastor, I can actually say that rather than having a, mm, see, you're always going everywhere and can't serve here. No, no, no. They serve and they do what they do here. I said all that to say there are certain things that I was afraid of. And one of those things was be able to really speak life and speak blessing over people because I never wanted to be that guy that could, you know, because I've been under bad leadership at some point where, you know, I, I will kill you in this life and kill you in life to come stay stupid stuff like that. You ain't in charge of nobody's life to come. You ain't in charge of nobody's life except for to help to lead and guide. You know, you're not going, you're not, you're just going to kill me. And so I was trying to make sure that I'm not like that, but I do have the power and have the authority as a leader to be able to bless and to be able to, hey, let me help you. Let go with the strength of the anointing on this house. And, you know, you may not like, you know, people don't mean anything like that. That's your problem. I don't deal with your stuff. You ain't here. You ain't in this thing. But I will tell you here at this place, in this in this place, I want people to serve. I want people to also be able to be and do well in their ministry. I'm not against you having your ministry, but if you submit here, submit for real and watch God do the rest. But I'm gonna tell you, the biggest piece of this now in this season is that sadly, you know, we we've allowed these kinds of clubhouse rooms and these other things, and we've seen uh, these things happen, and, and people think it's just easy. And I'm going to tell you, if you ain't, if you don't have a physical building and you're not able to do this pastoring thing from this perspective, I'm pastoring through the pandemic. And let me tell you, I'm a better man as a result. I believe it. And this church really does belong to God. And when things belong to him, he knows how to take care of what belongs to him. I'm going on mute. So what, but what do you say to those leaders who always expect, you know, expecting from their members? 
Like there is a, 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 I think a certain demand that leaders put on their members. Like for example, Pastor Charles, if what, what if one of your um, members came to you and say, Pastor, we need to be doing more outreach. We need to be doing this with the kids. I set them up and I said, I'll give you whatever you need to be able to do just that. Okay. And guess what? Some take the challenge and accept the challenge and others that are just lip and what they think they should do, they go and peel off on the side or they go somewhere else. It depends on the situation. But most of the time, um, where if I give you the assignment, well, sh- give me some, bring me some, bring me some um, options on how we can make that work or show me what we can do or give me some feedback on that. And guess right. what? They do it. Um, person said that we need to be witnessing. I said, well, you, you're going to be, you want to do the evangelism? Here we go. And, but I need this and I did. I said, never mind. I will announce you will have a meeting and I'll have the announcement done by my wife. She'll do the announcement. I'll put the announcement on the announcement sheet and we'll start. And guess what they did? They did. It started off with 10 people. I think they're down to maybe four or five now because she always on the go. She wants to, she, or they want, he always, they always want to go and be out there witnessing. And so I gave them the tools that they needed. I got shirts for them. I made, I think you remember that. I got shirts yeah. for them and I got a few of the odds and ends that they needed cards to pass out. I had all of that. And um, that's kind of like been part of the process, you know, just keep it moving and then let them do it. Or oh, you want to, oh, you, we need to have a food pantry. Well, we don't have a space for it right now in this room. Uh, and the other thing too, if somebody else is doing it and doing it well, let me sew into you. Good, yeah. I'll, I'll send you. I'll 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 sew into you. I'll send some money to you, and I'll send even. I'll collect cans goods for you, and then have it shipped to you. Yeah, we'll do that too. But I'll help you to do it. I I, I don't have enough room for a, pa- a food pantry. I don't have enough room for a closed closet. You know, everybody has these wonderful bright ideas sometimes for for things. And they don't realize we don't either have the space for it. We don't have the whatever. And I'm not going to do it. That's not my, I, I don't, it's not saying that I don't never want to do it, but, or I'm lazy, but just keep it regular stuff. Just keep it up with who's who and, and the tax stuff and, and all that kind of stuff. Oh my yeah. Jesus. You know, there's a lot more to do. So I'll, I'll turn it over to you and see if you can do it. And if you can do it, then guess what? Praise you the Lord. Here we go. <laughs> said praise you the lord there we go one <laughs> boot, <laughs> yeah listen okay and i definitely agree with that so pastor charles you might be able to help me out better with this as well as pastor jacob i mean not pastor jacob but pastor jerry because i know both of y'all are bivocational well as well and pastor charles you're full-time now but you still have you understand other areas of income how important is it for a leader or a pastor or anybody to keep those other areas of income. I know that a lot of people try to look for uh, full-time ministry, but that may not be everybody's assignment if they're not uh, properly structured. So how do you how do you speak to that to a minister who says, I know God is calling me to full-time ministry, but it's like, uh, you can't be in full-time ministry if you don't got no other sources of income. And that is true, unless if things are built in that way, then you can forget having having a full-time ministry. Unless you have the, the ability to make that happen, um, or God is giving you the mandate to be able to do so, uh, unless that is there, forget about it. 
Um, I think don't, I don't, I, I would tell people this any day of the week, don't go into this thing looking for a meal ticket. No, this is the ministry. It's not your meal ticket. What do you think this is? This is God. <laughs> This is not your meal ticket. This is not, I'm, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, you know, this is a side, you know, for somebody, this is a side job or whatever. But at the end of the day, the realness of it is, is that if you have the mandate from God to do this, he knows how to provide for you. But let me tell you, I'm a living witness that he will provide for you and he'll make whatever grace needs to abound towards you to abound. It will work. It will work. He, and if you work it, it will work and do what he's called you to do. Uh, I'll, I'll say this, and I don't know if this is a key for somebody, but uh, for me, I made a decision not to put my name on the church building. My name is not on the church building. And the reason my name is not on the church building is because it belongs to God. I think it's cool. It's nice. Those, you know, you, uh, you got to put your name, but then you the pastor. No, you don't have to put it on the building. Put the name of the building on there. You know, put, put the name of the building. You know, it's, it's, it's God's house. Now, when it comes to business and things like that, yeah, you got to put your name on that part because you're the CEO, you're the pastor, whatever. Get that. Yeah. You're, and if it's on the website, yeah, put your name on there, that, who you are. But the first thing they should see is not um, always just, uh, just uh, they should see the church name and maybe the personality behind the church in terms of the pastor, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's honorable. That's not a bad thing. It depends on how you built your website. But at the end of the day, uh, I make it so, like, for instance, you won't have to search for who the pastor is on Kingdom Life's website. When it comes up, you see me. It, you, you know, and you already make a decision right there. Oh, he's a black man. Okay. Uh, well, all right. Amen. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it is. And let's, let's just, let's be honest. Let's be real. Um, we, we have those categories. But let's, I'm going to tell you, people, and be careful, too, now in this season. People have made, uh, they think it's religion or this, that it's God, but it's actually patriotism. People are worshiping being a patriot versus worshiping God. And so mm-hmm. if you, you got to make a decision early on that I'm going to just worship God. I'm not going to worship the flag. I'm worshiping God. I'm not going to worship my country. As, as wonderful as America is, I'm great. Praise God for it. Thank God I was born in America. I, I'm, I feel fortunate. But also, I also feel fortunate to be in the kingdom and in the house of God. And that's greater than any country. And let's just be honest about that too. Amen. Hallelujah. That's right. Oh, by the I mean, way, God and God bless America, but America bless God. <laughs> God bless America, but America needs to bless God. <laughs> I'm gonna use that one. I'm gonna use that one. I was gonna throw that same question over to Pastor Anthony, but I think he's on the phone. Clubhouse be acting weird. Pastor Anthony, are you on the phone? Yeah, it looks like he's on the phone. Okay, okay. Yeah, because I know it said Ebony was on the phone earlier, but she wasn't on the phone. So I don't know if Clubhouse is acting strange about it or not. But here's another thing then, Pastor Charles. How do you properly budget when it comes to the ministry? You know what I'm saying? Because we have all these different auxiliaries, we have these different ministries and stuff like that. How do you take the time to properly budget and say, okay, well, hey, we're going to put this towards the marketing of the church. Or we're going to put this towards the youth in the church. Or we're going to put this for the equipment of sound and stuff like that. Like, how how do you properly budget? Because you got to think about it. Most churches are only operating on tithes. You know what I'm saying? Most most churches are operating from the tithes that they collect on a Sunday or Wednesday. And let's be honest, everybody ain't going to always give. You know what I'm saying? Like, they should give. So what? how did that 
cause you to create a budget for the ministry? Like, can, can you walk me through that process? Uh, well, part of that is is not it's not an easy task, but you have to decide what your mandate is. And then you have to understand what things need to be done for the ministry. I mean, if you know that you have, um, you know, like for instance, we started off in a um, in a facility that was like a hotel, and then it was uh, the civic center in our in, in the area, or we rented a church building in the very beginning, and so you got to pay the rent. You know, if if you know how to budget for your house, how much more than the house of God? Um, yeah. You got to pay rent. And the next thing you got to pay is you think about personnel. Maybe personnel may be the thing. If you have musicians um, that are good musicians, they're going to usually want to get paid, uh, you know, uh, you know, so you take care of that. Um, the way I worked it, in the beginnings, I made sure everybody, everything was paid for before I got mine and before I got anything. In fact, and, and just to stay above board, I have a core that that they've gotten together to set my salary. And so when they set my salary, it was fair. It was decent for, you know, for the for where we live and that kind of thing. And the things they wanted to make sure that I had, um, they made sure I had. Um, and and guess what? All of that comes out of the main source. It, it is what it is. Once yeah. we realize certain things we've got to have, we have to have um, some, we don't have anyone internally that does all of our graphics. So we have to pay someone to do graphics for us, make sure that it looks good on on online and everywhere like that. So we pay for that. We pay for um, things as they come along. You have a church, but there's no sign there. You have to save the money to get put the money together to save for a sign. The building we got was a transmission garage, um, and in order to be able to keep the people, or not just keep the people, but have it so that it's comfortable for the people of God to come, we in Texas you need air conditioning. So yeah. <laughs> um, I had to, so I had to go and shop for uh, someone to put in an air conditioning system in our church. And and let me tell you, when I put it out there, what we needed, um, God used the people to bless it, to use people to. Some people went in there saving. One person gave me ten grand um, that day, and, wow. and 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 that was the that gave us the ability to start that process. And so. Uh, today, the air conditioning units in here are, I mean, they pump good air in here. It's nice and cool, and they're paid for. Those are, I mean, we, we paid, it was twenty seven five dollars uh, for that unit, for that stuff, and it was completely paid for before time. Um, the Lord gave us a good person to work with to help us to give us time to pay it off, but he put it in for us, and we were honorable, and we paid it off, and every time I call, but to get these service, get it served. He comes right away, knowing what I got to do. Um, back to other things you pay for. You may pay for um, water, sewer, um, trash, yeah. um, uh, uh, or uh, someone to clean the church. If you're not gonna clean it yourself, if you clean it yourself, then you gotta clean. You gotta clean the church. I mean, there's so many things that you just have to do. It's uh, it's not a. It's not just you know. If you do it for your own house, how much more the house of God. So I think a lot of times and you, you gave a good point. It's really about the prioritizing, you know what I'm saying, of, you know, the ministry and the assignment. But that's, I think, a thing that some leaders, you know, may encounter when it comes to problems, because it's like you want to be a blessing to people. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's the point of the church and the ministry to be a blessing towards people. And most pastors, you know what I'm saying? I want to give. I want to give, 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 give. But at the no, end no, of the no. Day, I want I want to be a blessing to myself. 
But see, <laughs> see, it's a look of a pastor. There's a look the pastor got. I'm supposed to be driving the finest car. I'm supposed to have a decent salary in the house and stuff. I'm supposed to have. But see, here's the thing. What about insurance or health insurance? Health insurance is high. What about um, having a vehicle to drive when someone is sick that you need to go and take care of their business? How do you do that? I mean, there are some things. Now, the Lord blessed me. When I say blessed me, they gave me my church. Oh, I say our church. Gave us a decent salary. Well, it's it's not, and I'm not living high on the hog and nothing like that. But I am able to function and do what I'm called to do. And they gave me as a part of my salary because it wasn't exorbitant. They gave me a salary that I'm able to have um, a vehicle. And um, just recently, I just got another one, you know, um, because they wanted me to. It's like, well, Pastor, it's time for your new vehicle. Well, look, we all get a new car, and uh, we, we feel like it's your turn. So go ahead and do whatever you need to do. But, yeah, this is the budget we're going to give you for a vehicle. And here we go. And guess what? Uh, praise the Lord, I got to do a different vehicle. I say all that though, but still though, I have to serve the people of God. If somebody's in the hospital and I can get to them, I need to make sure that I get there. If they need me there, I can take the same wonderful vehicle and drive to the hospital or drive to the place where I need to go. If I have to do ministry stuff, I have a vehicle to ride in and to do what I need to do. Um, so it's nothing but fair, it's fair. Um, let's see. Um, just but in gen- but in general, okay. Now we're in a season where we have to do uh, online and do physical church. We have to have a good, robust internet service in order to make that happen. I try to go from do the house internet. I try to do all these different things until it was too late that I had to get a uh, get uh, something that was stable all the time. Um, we we got the highest amount that we could get. Uh, for commercial at first, and then we ended up getting a whole nother commercial thing where we have a, um, it's there all the time in terms of it never goes down. And if it goes down, they have to call us and let us know um, that it's going down. Usually that's only for service, but it stays up all the time. We don't share with anybody. So we have that kind of service right now. Um, I have good musicians. Of course, my musicians are my sons. But along with that, they have other places that they have been asked to play it they, if they want to do it. And um, I need to make sure I have comparative salary, but I appreciate the Lord um, that they love me and my wife enough. And they, you know, they, they, you know, they are here. I mean, they've been here from day one. They believe in the ministry. You know, they laugh at certain things that we I do or whatever, but they, nev- they don't question um, certain things about me. When it comes to ministry and stuff like that, they they have the name that we have that God has given us. The Reeve name is a good name, and they take it and run with it. And now, not only is it, as I made the name good by God's grace, now they're making our name uh, known and good. Um, and when I had to give them something to had to give them something to work with, <laughs> but but also having a good name means when people say to pay the bill. If you can make sure you pay the bill on time, Lord. How do the water people know that you say? How do they know that you're a Bible ministry? By paying the bill. How do the insurance companies know that you're a Bible company? You pay the bill. And so if you can't do it, then find somebody to do it and pay them to pay the bill. I'm going to be.
Well, Pastor Charles, you just really laid it all out. Good morning, everybody. Facts. Good morning, Pastor Patton. You know, um, Paul said it this way, how can you take care of the house of God if you don't rule your own house? I think when you see mismanagement of funds in the church, nine times out of ten, that leader or those leaders have bad uh, money management in their own personal lives. And you can set your watch by it. It, it, It's probably the truth. If those of us that do our best to manage our own personal finances, then we, 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 we do that. Now, there are some that may not always have it personally, but they fear God enough to make sure they don't mess with the church's money. You, you have those cases, too. But you got a lot of stuff going on, man, where, you know, a lot of leaders are in ministry for the wrong reason. And they think it's all about them. And they jump off into, quote unquote, full time ministry and a church can't afford them full time. But they try to make the church afford them full time. Right. <laughs> and, you know, it just go it just go bad. You can always you can always tell the preachers that are trying to be in full time ministry. They probably need a job and don't have one. So they they, they beating you over the head every week for some seed or some uh, new gimmick that they come up with to raise money. And it gets old, it gets tired, and the people see it, and then the people scatter, or they, they may still come to church. They ain't giving it to you, though. You know, because they're like, man, I'm tired of this. I don't, all, all I'm seeing is, you know, the pastor getting fat, or all I see is just, we just raising money and, and nothing's changing in the church. Yeah. You know, there, there is no, there is no programs. There's no uh, improvements to the facilities and even the infrastructure of how we worship. And, you know, the church gets this bad reputation unfairly in some cases, because there are a lot of churches that do operate in excellence in their finances. But, you know, you always hear the pseudo intellectuals that, uh, that criticize the church, all their tithes and offerings. The black church should have had this. And we don't talk about hip hop like that. You know, Nearly selling his catalog, this person selling their catalog, they ain't giving it to the black community either. But the church supposed to, we supposed to save everybody. No, we can't save everybody, especially those that don't want to be saved, or especially those that just want to bleed the resources and then not put nothing back in. While talking about what the church supposed to be doing, I'm so sick of those conversations mm. from people that don't even go to church, but you telling the church what they supposed to do. I right, whatever. I mean, what is the benevolence fund for it, though? I mean, it's it's for us to give out. But I think a lot of times, I don't know. I think some churches have a have a, a, a issue with trying to give benevolence and be a blessing to the people, but then also trying to make sure that they have enough to manage their own to, to manage their own. Well, I mean, but even even organizations like Catholic Charities and Goodwill and all of them, they all have a monthly budget. Facts. And if you go down there, you can't pay your rent, and you miss that deadline, and they out of money, you ain't getting it. Yeah. Churches, a lot of churches have that. But see, nobody goes off on Catholic charities when they out of money, or when Goodwill's out of money. They go off on the church, though. They, they go off on Mount Nebo. You know, they ain't going off on Goodwill or any other charitable organization. And then they all, they have the same kind of boundaries. Hey, don't come down here every three months to myself. You can't pay your light bill. You know, they got they got you in a 12, 12 month calendar location. They got your name. They say, hey, you came down here 
in April. Is you back in, in December? No, ma'am. Somebody else that ain't been here before is going to get this money before you. So there's a lot of different things with benevolence that you can control. But see, people are putting out there that when they don't get what they want, the church didn't help me. No. The church did try to help you. They helped you three months ago. They helped you six months ago. But, you know, again, the narrative gets spent a different way when people are just out here trying to get something for nothing. No different than panhandlers standing on the street all day, every day, you know, with a sign. Some of them take their babies out there in the hot sun, talking about some, we need a place to stay, and beg it. Now, you don't know everybody's situation and why they're doing that. That ain't my, that ain't my fight. I'm just talking about the difference in how we quantify what the church is supposed to do with their money. Yeah. We don't do Absolutely. that to nobody else. We don't get nobody. And it's, it's funny. It's so funny, Pastor Charles. Go ahead. I say absolutely. If you knew how many phone calls come in here for help with rent and with different things, kind of things like that, most of the ones, if I if I were to start questioning, so what did you do with the rent money? What did you do with the rent money? Because I know you got it. What did <laughs> you do with it? And then they want to, you know, sometimes they hang up, sometimes they don't even whatever. And I said, well, you know what, I'm going to start a budget class in the next few weeks. Would you like to come? Because you, you don't call this about the third time you call. Um, <laughs> you know, I think, you know, one of the things that people don't realize is that the church in and of itself is not the only entity. In fact, the church itself, the church universal is who is supposed to, quote unquote, help the needy. I mean, we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to take care of the widows, the orphans. We, we got it. I get it. But to be honest, every word that goes out of this place, everything that we do, I believe is there to be able to help people to be able to become better or whatever. I, I think that's what it's for. Um, you can't always please every single person by or I think we should do the money here. Or, I think I should do whatever. Okay, you know what? What I can do is this. Let me let's not pay the electricity. Okay, so we're not gonna pay the electricity. Okay, so we're gonna pay. Guess what? It's not gonna work. The lights ain't gonna work. The internet and the instruments ain't gonna work. Uh, air conditioning is not gonna work. Um, you might have water, but that ain't gonna do that do no good because you can't see the inside the bathroom. You know, the water not gonna, the heat water heater is not gonna work to give you hot water. So my question becomes: When these things are questioned, you know, um, how do you deal with it? And I say, um, do you see the lights on? Did you see last week we had uh, bulletins that we put out? Yeah, you know those bulletins they cost money. Oh, someone actually had to typeset the bulletins. Yes, that costs money. Um, yeah, the running the air conditioning like this whole week for the, at least for three weeks, three days, that air conditioning was running, running, running because the kids are running in and out right now. I'm looking at the screen. Oh, by the way, you have to have security. You have security, and and oh yeah, but see God protect your stuff. Yeah, you know, but at least I don't. At least I want to give somebody a deterrent so that they don't kill the whole thing. I'm trying to steal everything, and you try to figure out what happened. Right, we ain't got no sound speak. We ain't got no speakers. Oh wow! Oh, they stole them. But did you have an alarm system? Oh no, God! We expected God to do that. No, 
He gave you some common sense. Go get yourself an alarm system. And how about this? Lock the doors and get somebody to check the doors. Make sure they are all closed and locked. Then set the alarm system. What do you do after that? Bless God and say, Lord, thank you that you're protecting what belongs to you. And now if they break in and get something, how about having insurance, uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Patton? How about having some insurance to be able to take care of eventually getting that taken care of? Oh, no, we don't need no insurance. Our insurance is Jesus. No, guess what? Uh, you're going to have a hard time if you spent decent money on microphones and all that kind of stuff and folks stealing it. And just because it's insured don't mean I'm glad I want you to come and take it either. You steal from here, I will kill you and tell God you died. Do not steal from Kingdom Life Church. I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you that now. Don't do it. You won't. You won't. You, you, uh, when I find you, your hands will be cut off. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm back. I, I came back. I came back. I'm back. I'm back. We love people here. We love people. We love people here at Kingdom Life Church. Pastor Anthony got me weak in the comments too. Comes up, had a building for him for thirty years, and they chased the dough knob on that mug. <laughs> listen, and just listen. If you gonna raise the money for building, you better build something. You better make sure, or say that the building fund is for upkeep of the church. Not this is for us to build our new building. Got got cutting 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 scrim over there to draw up something on his computer. And this is what the church gonna look like. And you know you ain't gonna build nothing up there. You ain't even check the city to see if you can build anything up here. See, I don't even want that. Okay, shut up. But if you say you gonna, it's a, it's a toilet fund. You better change some toilets soon, and you better let the folks know we raised enough money to get the porcelain. So we gonna have toilets in every place. Hallelujah. You know this conversation raises something for me. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Um, that I think is really, really important. And it's a level of transparency, since we're talking finances right now, that I believe the church should have in terms of where the money is going and what it's doing. Um, I know every, I try to run them every quarter, the church meetings. And we always start off with the financial overview to see what's been brought in, the projects we're working on, uh, the things we're getting done around the building. Because we've got a hundred plus year old building that has 30 years of deferred maintenance on it. We're in a position now, thankfully, that we uh, have some capital to work with to get some things done. So, you know, as we're upgrading the the electric, as we're doing plumbing work, as we're doing major roof repairs, you know, when we spend $45,000 on, we have a slate roof. So everything with that roof is expensive. Um, So when you got to drop 40 grand on getting a, you know, getting some repair work done so that roof will last another 100 years, you tell the people, Show them, crack open the books. Um, this is what we're doing. And because nobody's hand is in the pot, I got no issues opening up everything to everybody. I don't really care. We spent X number of dollars on, you know, we did a, a Mother's Day and Father's Day. Hey, here's what we spent. Um, letting people see, here's what's sitting in the bank. Um, here's what we have going out now. We don't get into the specifics of the individuals we help, but we definitely lift up hey here's what we have going out in benevolence uh because i i last year i believe it was told them i want 10 percent of whatever comes in every sunday to be set aside in another account so that we can have something to help people with um and it's been earmarked for that purpose so that we can make sure we do that that's and yes good. you said y'all do what 10 percent? 10 percent of whatever comes in yep every that's week. good i like that okay 
Um, it's almost like we tied to ourselves. We tied to, to the benevolence fund um, so that we can, we, we can reach out and we can help because I've told them already, our, our purpose being here is to serve and to help and be an asset in the community. So we want to have the wherewithal to do so. Um, but at the same time, if you come asking, we have some questions too. I'm a, look, I'm an accountant by trade. I got degrees in this. You know what I'm saying? I'm a finance guy by profession. This is what I do. So yeah, I got some questions. Hey, you know, um, what's the situation? How'd we get here? Because here's the fact of the matter. It does not do me any good for us to pay your light bill this month. And you're just going to wait. Not paying it. We're going to be right back here again. Um, so let's have some conversations to figure out what's going on. Yes, we're going to be a little bit in your business. And if you don't like that, that's fine. You have your right not to share. So do we. So that's what that is. It's called being fiscally responsible. And we're going to we're going to be fiscally responsible because that money is not mine to spend. It belongs to the Lord and I will not be irresponsible with with his cash. Cause he ain't about to come beat me about my head next because I was being stupid. I don't think so. God looked me in my face talking about I gave you the ability to get all these darn degrees, son, and these licenses. And you out here being stupid with money. We ain't having that. So, no, we're not playing those kind of games. Um, I got questions. You know, we're going to figure out what's going on and how to set you up on the right path so that you don't come back here again. Um, and you're, you're, you're able to navigate your process better going forward. And it's not from a judgment perspective. Again, it's just about being responsible. We have a responsibility. It's not our money. So no matter what we do, we've got to be very responsible in how we spend it. That's good. That's good. Uh, my father, I'm screwing myself on mute. That was so good. And because you're a finance guy, I know you're probably the best at this. So, And I asked this question to Pastor Charles as well. But how do you put that budget in place when it comes to, like, your church and the benevolence? Um, because I know a lot of pastors, uh, I mean, and some of the good ones, some of the good pastors, they will bleed themselves to dry trying to fund their church, fund their ministry, do the benevolence. And I think sometimes that's, I think that that's too much. I feel like they shouldn't have to do that. I believe like what you kind of said, you should be able to put at least 10% to the side, 25% to the side, so you can have that benevolence. So can you break that down of like, how do you, you know, budget that and prioritize that as well as this question, do you believe, and I know you said you do it, but do you think every church should be telling the whole congregation of, the, the finances or should it just be a board type of thing or we just mean with the board to go over the finances or should it be a corporate meeting with the whole church i okay so to both the first question well both questions are very very simple in my mind first and foremost you set your budget at whatever you can afford and you're comfortable with and at the point you spend to the bottom of that budget you're done in that area mm. period i don't care how much money is in the, in the operating account don't make a difference we could have yeah. 10 million in the operating account if the budget for the month was $3,000 for benevolence and that last check got written and we hit the $3,000 limit, guess what? That account is empty. That's why I told them set up a separate account for this because we're not going to co-mingle the funds into the general operating budget. And then all of a sudden now we're trying to keep track of stuff and it becomes, I got to tick and tie and figure things out and it becomes an accounting nightmare. Nope, yeah. it's a separate account. When that joker hits zero, we are finished. I don't care <laughs> what else is going on. Look, when you drinking your cup of coffee and you get to the bottom of it, ain't no more coffee gonna magically appear. That Fact. cup is empty. That's all there is to it. Period. And that's how you keep yourself out of trouble. And yeah, it means you have to turn some folk away. But that is what it is. It's also why you set up a process and a procedure 
where you, pastor, aren't the only one making the decision. Because yeah. sometimes our pastoral heart can bleed for people a little bit. And Fact. it's good to have folk around <laughs> you looking to be like, no, sir, no disrespect, but we're not doing that. Because Fact. you said, here's the budget. So I'm going to hold you to what you said. And that's yeah. just how we have to operate sometimes. You know, I'm glad I have a financial trustee that looks at me and says, Pastor, now look. And I'll be like, all right, you're right. I know, but you know I want to. I know you do. And I love you for it. But we can't right. do that because you said this is what we're doing. Okay, you're right. I did say it. And that's what we're going to stick to. Thank you for pulling me back in. I was getting a little wild. Ready to bless everybody. Can't do that. Sit down somewhere, sir. Okay, I'm going to sit. I'm good. Um, so that's what it is. You set your number and you stick to it. That's all there is to it. Put it in a separate bank account. Once you hit zero, you can't do nothing else that month. Um, the second question, yes, every church ought to be transparent. Now, when it comes, let's say you're a larger ministry that has staff overhead and you're paying salaries. Mm -hmm. I do not believe the individual salary numbers ought to be broken out. But if our monthly payroll is, let's say, $20,000, then the line item on the budget sheet should say payroll expenses, $20,000. How that breaks down is nobody's business. It's nobody's business, but the people who that get paid. That is a personnel matter that right. should only be revealed to those who need to know. But as far as what the total payroll overhead is, that should be a line item, line item in the budget, period. Yeah. I'll argue that with anybody who wants to have that conversation because that's it, you need transparency in the church. Yeah, it's what, it's what makes people who are giving of their resources, yes, back to the Lord, but people are people and people want to feel comfortable and what's happening yeah. with the money. And not everybody can take the approach of, I did what I was supposed to do in honoring God. What y'all do, he gonna deal with y'all if y'all playing funny with the money. That's my personal posi position, but everybody doesn't move that way. So to keep everybody calm, you be transparent with what's going on with the money. It's just what you do. Cause it's not, again, it ain't your money. So stop acting like it's your personal bank account. Cause it's not. <laughs> and that's and to Pastor Patton's point. Matter of fact, that's what gets most preachers who have no business trying to be full-time in trouble in the first place. Just like a lot of small business owners, they commingle their funds and they yeah. use that business or that church account as if it's their personal account. And it's not. And that's how you get yourself daggone thrown in prison, being stupid. You're telling the truth, man. You're telling the truth. Pastor Charles, you said you got questions. <laughs> Yeah, I got I got questions when when it comes to this kind of stuff. You know, I think people don't really excuse me. I don't they don't understand what it means to really be able to do this kind of stuff. They have to make the decision on certain things, especially when it comes to uh, benevolence and things like that. Um, I'm it's a ministry partner that we deal with um, that does trade. That's all they do is benevolence, and they rely on donations to be able to help people to do that. The other thing is that they have business like um, a long service and some other things that they use to be able to uh, help to give the people work. Those that come and say, hey, you know, uh, I need a job. Uh, I can't work. You know, I can't, you know, no, yeah, you can. Here's something you can do. And and so what we do is we donate to them. We do our, do our benevolence and we donate um, a certain amount every month to them. And then um, they they uh, give out the benevolence and we've not had any problems with that. I ain't got to say no, because they can do that very well. Um, they vet them better than I do. Because I'll feel bad, because people will say, and I don't know this to be true, but they'll say, oh, they got, we got a baby. And, and, and I remember, man, this last week, somebody, somebody sent 
this three-page essay on on their testimony of of how they have kids and these kids and the last one is there's something wrong and something's going on or something they did and something's going on and uh, i'm not asking you for help but i'm just asking you to pay rent for these babies i'm saying like it was a great essay right i mean you know exactly and i was like it was a great essay though but i the way you put it out there for me right now was it made me mad that i had to read through your entire life to be able to get to that see what i'm saying see lord pray pray for me i don't have time and tolerance for just you know i got mine and i use mine to to go to the club all week and get my nails done and get some other stuff done and then i'm gonna come to the church and get my you know uh get my needs met no you know that's what that's what i think that's the same we 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 buy uh, we buy what we want, but we beg for what we need. Okay, I'm going on mute. See that? I just got mad. That's real. That's real. But it's it's a whole financial understanding that that the church has to be the church institution as a whole has to be better about. Um, making sure we have people in place that have these levels of understanding that can help direct the ship so we don't mess around and run aground um, operating in waters we don't really understand how to deal with. Yeah. Um, and that's just something we got to get better at. You know? And I know, and, and you know, Pastor Patton raised the point, and he's not wrong in that, you know, people don't criticize some of these other organizations the way they do the black church, but... Um, there's a stigma there attached to us. Yeah. You know, right. um, because the kind of conversations that happen and the things that have actually happened in real time. Um, and we have to work to reverse that thought process. It's going to take intentional action by the collective to, you know, not, not let that be named true among us, I guess is the way I can say that. You know what I mean? Uh, because for every church that I know that's doing it right, I know three or four that are doing it wrong. And it's an unfortunate reality um, that I see all the time. And that's what keeps that narrative going. If there weren't people to talk about what was true, the conversation would die. But here we are. And we deal with it all the time. We see it all the time. And, you know, I fault us as preachers to a certain degree. Um, for not, I'm not going to say calling it out, but for pretending like things aren't a problem. Um, but then parishioners too, for a look, if you just, if, if you don't like how things are moving, you vote with your feet. Um, you know, stop supporting suspect ministries. All right, I'm going to shut up. No, that's smart. That, that raises a good point. And I think a lot of people have to adapt to knowing how to set certain things in place to get that that's interesting that's interesting so pastor anthony what do you say to those pastors who um maybe probably just starting out and everything that they're starting with is coming from their personal pockets set a budget because here's what you can't do you can't run your house into the ground trying to build the lords that's not gonna work Facts. there we go um so there's that second thing is uh 
as they say, as I've heard some say, act your wage. Um, <laughs> stop trying to hang 15 80 inch screens up in your 15 seater church um, because that just doesn't make sense. Let's not do things we're incapable of doing. No LED screen. Right. Um, right. Let, let's 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 operate in the space that God has, has, has put us in. Um, if you if 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 you're if God hasn't positioned you to be international, work with your local community and stop trying to get your behind on TV, which you can't pay for. So now you just beg people for money all the time. Stop that. Like it it, it frustrates my soul when I see these things. Um because it's like you're not doing anything where you are. So why do you think you're being called to do something so much greater that you literally can't afford? Your budget isn't big enough for what you're trying to do. And yes, there's the there's the God perspective. And well, God will fill the gap. Sure, He could fill the Grand Canyon if He wanted to. But you see that the rocks are still there. So relax. <laughs> Operate where you are and if god does something bigger great it'll be organic you won't have to go chase it down and beg for it and and beat up the people and all this other kind you don't have to do that if you're moving where god wants you to move relax operate where you are we are in east baltimore in the mcelgie park neighborhood we're gonna stay there until god says hey i got greater for you cool but until then we're gonna work right in the blocks we in uh, doing all the work that we can with all that God has given us to do. It makes no sense to do anything else. I have no business branching out into West Baltimore if I'm not effectively handling East Baltimore. Stop it. That's good. Like, we, we hurt ourselves trying to be too big, too fast for stuff you're unprepared for. Right? So stop doing that. Don't mess around and find yourself in the poorhouse because you're trying to build god's house that doesn't make any sense that's not his desire for you so stop it you're not going to show me anywhere where god supports that foolishness anyway um and they so show what fans and tell you what god gonna support you you just got to keep on going through that hardship no, no, <laughs> stop that foolishness the other reality is this go get a job thanks right it shouldn't be you counting up what was collected to see if you can pay your rent for the month hold on wait time out flag on the plate there's a facts. problem here Take your behind to work. I'm a firm believer that every preacher ought to be bivocational. Got a whole book I'm writing about it. That needs to be what's done. Now, there's a, now that can equal a lot of things, right? If you've got a skill set as a yeah. writer, you can be turning sermons into books. So it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go outside of quote unquote ministry. That's good. But you ought to be generating additional streams of income yeah. so you aren't a burden on your church. That's good. Now, if your church has the wherewithal to pay a full salary and compensation package, benefits and all that, excellent. And that's where you want to operate? Cool. But even in that situation, you ought to have more than one stream of income. Yeah. Because God only knows when a pandemic going to pop up again. Come on all now. Of a sudden, <laughs> the giving goes away and you still got to make your mortgage. Yep. Stop playing games. I keep telling folk, one stream is too close to no streams. You need to have multiple streams. As a general rule for everyone in society, you need more than one stream of income. That doesn't change for ministry. That's good. Right? So you if you are drawing a salary, close to no create stream. other streams. Like yes, one stream is too close to I, Look, my 13-year-old can tell you that. 
she's got plans for what she's going to do in her life and her career. And she hit me up. She's like, Dad, I know you always talk about multiple streams. So I'm thinking, if I get into the cybersecurity program, can I also own a boutique on the side? Absolutely. You'd be That's crazy true. if you didn't. And yes, you're going to make a <laughs> gaggle of money in cybersecurity. But on the side, have something churning that's stacking up at a whole nother account. So that, yeah. God forbid, all the cybersecurity issues in the world get resolved because you're a genius and you figure it all out. You got another stream of income coming in. You ain't got to worry about nothing. Multiple yeah. streams of income. It's the name of the game. And preacher, especially if you're starting out, you better have a daggone job because your little church can't support you in your stuff. Stop it. The and other you know, thing, I'm going to shut up because this is, this is my topic. So I'm going to keep going for a second. Uh, <laughs> the other thing is stop worrying about what that next biggest great grand pastor is doing with the money he got. You next. don't have his pockets. Stop trying to match what he's doing. He can afford, he or she, let me not be biased here. He or she can afford custom made everything, but they've been in ministry for 30 years. You've been in ministry for 30 days. Calm down. Take you behind over the king and get you a suit. They run specials all the time, three for a hundred. Go get you something you can afford. Get it tailored so it fits you perfectly and do that. But stop running out here trying to buy $800, dollars $2,000 suits and your church is struggling and you are a burden. Stop it. Doesn't make sense. You can't even meet the mission God wants you to do because you've taken all the resource out the church to feed yourself. That makes no sense. Don't do that. Don't do that. You know, and 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 so much of what you're saying is my pet peeve too, Pastor Anthony, because even starting out like I have, um, I've had people say things to me slick and jest. I'm like, bro, I'm not going to let you try to send me out, as we used to say back in the day, okay, uh, Nick, I'm, I'm not a sent out. I'm going to act my wage. I'm going to do what's commensurate to what God has called me to do. And, and, and don't apologize and don't get ahead of myself. And I think that what we've done in a lot of churches, um, I don't know if this is just exclusive to the Pentecost and the apostolic churches. I know they probably do it in other denominations, but I've seen it heavy in the apostolic Pentecostal prophetic churches where they operate way outside of a budget if they got one or if they have one at all i should say and then they make it about faith right and want god to replenish them ah uh, uh, come back come back come back he's right though and then they browbeat the people yep into giving to a vision that god never gave them because they doing too much and that's what happens. And going to church now becomes a tax on the people, which is was never the intention. I personally know a church where if the preacher doesn't get the size of that going, offering that he wanted, he going to call for two or three more until he get what he's looking for. And that just sours the entire experience of everybody who goes. And, and, and that's the kind of crap we're working against. Being in ministry is hard enough if everyone was doing everything the right way. Thanks. But we also <laughs> have to work against and counteract the negative experiences people are having at yeah. these other places who are in it for all the wrong reasons. I'm going to shut up. Pastor Anthony, do you believe that there is a responsibility though um, from members to fund the mission, to fund the assignment Absolutely. of the kingdom? Even Paul talked about it. We, gotta, we have a responsibility to okay. do it. Um, but even in doing so, uh, 
yes, there's a responsibility to do it, but the greater responsibility is on the ministry to be responsible with that, which is not theirs. Then that's the thing we have to remember. It's not your money. Okay. It might yeah. come into the house that you part, that you pastor, that God puts you there. But guess what? It's not your money. If I'm responsible with my own personal finances, I've got to be extra responsible with God's finances. Yeah. Right? My church has been wanting to redo my office since I got there. And I've told them every single time they brought it up. No. We can do we can do something better with that money. I don't need that in my office. Let's buy some more boxes of food to feed people. Let's, you know, uh, case in point, August, we don't have our normal. We won't get our free delivery from the Maryland Food Bank because they, got, I think, uh, they have an issue with drivers for the month. Well, take that money y'all was going to spend and let's go buy some stuff and keep feeding people. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I got to be extra responsible with God's money. That's interesting. That's it. Yeah, that makes sense. Either the mission is the mission or the mission is not the mission. Make a decision. I think a lot of pastors do the browbeating and do the extra giving and stuff because of that, though. Like, when you don't understand, you know, how to connect and collaborate with other people to meet the vision of the mission, then they put the burden on the members. And I think that is a big problem for a lot of churches because, Pastor, I hear you. God said we need to do this. God said we need to do this. But God told you that. So why is it always on the members to have to fund what God told you to do? But it, and the other thing is this, though, there's a difference between when God shows you something long term versus what needs to happen today. Mm, yeah. Right. I've been telling my church where God showed me the day of my installation for the last three years and he's doing it, but I'm not going to rush into it. God, you showed it to me. So it's on you to make this thing happen. I'm going to keep doing what you tell me to do. So he's gonna, when, when I turned around, I'll never forget. I was standing at the front pew. Praise and worship was going up. The Lord said, turn around. That building was packed left to right, front to back. There was standing room only. He said, this is what I'm going to do in this house. I said, okay, God, now I could have taken that and got to doing all kind of weird stuff, right? <laughs> Renovating the sanctuary, doing Man. this, doing that, and buying this. And No, okay, God, you're going to do it. Cool. I'm going to keep repeating the vision. I know it's not for today. We're going to get prepared, though. So putting the protocols in place, putting the right process and procedures in place so that we understand when new members come, here's how we're going to walk them through the process, get them acclimated. I don't want to use the word indoctrinated, but used to how we do things here, uh, kind of let's get all that figured out now. So when God throws open the floodgates, we're prepared to receive people. And at that point, if there's renovation type stuff that I need to do to deal with um uh, all those that came that will make those adjustments and we'll have the financial resources to do so will make the adjustments necessary when it's necessary. But it's not necessary for today because I understand the difference between what we need to do now, get the plumbing fixed, versus what we need to do down the road, reorganize or restructure the sanctuary. Right? You got to be smart. God did not call you and then tell you to leave your brain at home. Engage your mind because he gave you that big, beautiful brain. Use it to understand how to do things at the right timing. Seek God's guidance, use some physical responsibility, and you'll be fine. But cats get to running ahead. God showed me this. And cats get to running ahead of themselves. Next thing <laughs> you know, you know, ran into a brick wall because you was trying to execute some stuff on your own that God showed you just to give you a heads up, but he wasn't yeah. ready for you to have it yet. Come here, David. David was anointed and waited, depending on which theologian you look at, somewhere between 10 to 18 years before he actually ascended to the throne. Right. Yes, Just man. because you have the anointing 
to do a thing doesn't mean that's for today. And we got to stop acting goofy and thinking God's always telling you to run. He's not. He's just giving you a heads up. All right, I'm going to stop. Now, that was good. That was real good. That was real good. Anybody else have anything to add to this? Because it's 11 o'clock. It's time for us to go wrap it up. Okay, okay. Oh, well, ain't too many people in here. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, yeah, let's go ahead and wrap this up because, Pastor Anthony, thank you so much for coming in. I know you was a little late, but I'm glad you came in because I was kind of, you know, prolonging it just so I could ask you some of these questions as well because, you know, this is your wheelhouse by you being an actual real-life pastor as well as, you know, someone who's a financial expert. So, yeah, this was a great conversation. And Pastor Jerry and them, they gave me a lot of great words earlier. But, you know, they <laughs> I love them to death. Pastor Charles, I love you to death. But they be like, wait on God. God going to do it. Outside of the God aspect, what is the practicality of, you know, managing it? Because I'm seeing a lot of preachers even trying to bounce back from this post-pandemic era or this pandemic time and do ministry. And it's like, well, now ministry looks different. Giving looks different. Operation looks different now. And a lot of people are stressed because it's like, well, now we're trying to get back into the building, get people back to the church, and we got to get the funds up and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about it. And it's a good thing to see. But at the same time, I think that's where a lot of leaders need more time to plan, more time to put a budget in place, more time to strategize, as well as being transparent with the people that they already have. Because should be told, I believe by faith that many people, you already have enough people in your house. You already got enough people connected to your ministry. But at the same time, that transparency in sharing what's going on with the funds, what are we doing, what projects are we working on, is actually a key factor in helping build, you know what I'm saying, the finances, helping build the congregation itself. Like, that's just, I mean, my opinion. But anyway, we're going to go ahead and wrap it on up because them my final remarks. Um, question of the day, y'all know it's always simple. Question of the day on Fridays is always the same. What's your weekend plans? What's your weekend plans? So with me, I, I'm booked this weekend. That's just it. I'm booked and busy. I'm going to have promotions starting today, tomorrow, and I think I'm actually off on Sunday. So Sunday, I'll probably be just relaxing and enjoying myself. But I know as far as today and later on this week, I'm booked and busy. I got three promotions. I know one today, two tomorrow. So yeah. I'm going to be working. But yeah, then my final remarks and my weekend plans. Do my favorite pool to refresh, see where you guys are on the stage. And we're going to go in that order, starting with K Nick. I don't even think he there. No, he probably not there. Pastor, now I'm going to throw it over to you then. Final remarks and what's your weekend plans? Well, this topic is one that is near and dear to my heart. Again, as both a pastor and a financial guy, um, finances of the church are a big deal to me making sure we're doing things appropriately, decently, and in order. So, um, and far too many of us don't really know what to do, how to do. There's a whole insurance conversation that can be had here as well um, with everything. But, um, but yeah, I love conversations like this because it's, you know, we, we need to be thinking about this. We need on the whole to be more responsible in what we're doing and how we're dealing with God's money and God's people. Uh, this weekend, I'm going to be at the house. I'm not preaching Sunday. Uh, my wife had surgery on Wednesday, so um, I will still be here helping her uh, get around and recover and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's what I got going on this weekend. I'll be watching the stream uh, so I can be in worship a little bit. But the cool part about, you know, being at the house is I can I'm going to go to several churches on Sunday. Back. Pop in a whole bunch of different streams. To see what we got going on everywhere. <laughs> Pull up on my home church stream too. see what they got going on over there. Uh, but yeah, it should be good. But yeah, that's my plans for the weekend. Relax and, you know, deal with the family stuff. Who's preaching in your stead? 
Uh, Reverend Dr. Uh, Levada Coulter. She's actually one of the, the ministers from my home church who always come. She's my go-to if I can't be there. I can trust her. Here's one thing I'll tell you all. If, if you've never been a pastor, you'll never understand the importance of having someone that you can trust stand in your stead and know they ain't going to say anything out of pocket. They're not going to get unbiblical, get to standing in their own opinions about life. There's a comfort you have. You know, you've got somebody you can lay this responsibility into their hands and, you know, they're going to handle it appropriately. Um, So she's always who I go to because I can trust her implicitly. Uh, I know she she knows the Lord for real. So um, I don't have to worry about anything crazy going on. Okay, bad, bad. I'm going to definitely try to tune in myself. Yeah, I know I be at church at home too, so I be going from church to church, be church hopping, <laughs> be virtually church hopping. But yeah, this was a good conversation. This was a great conversation. I loved everybody that came in the room and was able to give their opinion, as well as all the people who came down and just was listening. Thank you guys for sitting in the audience, hanging out with us on this good Friday. Listen, I'm gonna go ahead and throw it over to Pastor Anthony one more time to give us a closing prayer, and then we're gonna close this room on out. Let's pray. Tell God, our Father, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to gather in this virtual space to have meaning, meaningful, fruitful, productive conversation, but also, God, to have some fun and fellowship as well. We ask that as we would part this place, you go with us, stand by us throughout this day. Keep us safe, God, wrapped in your loving hands. Bring us together again. Have Watch us over the weekend that no hurt, harm, or danger should fall upon us. Bring us together again come Monday for our next session of Waking Up with the prophet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Anthony. Thank you, everybody that came in, everybody that spoke, everybody that was just listening. I appreciate you all. I love you all. I pray that you guys have a peaceful, prosper, prosperous, and productive weekend. And I'll see you again Monday morning at 8 a.m. for Waking Up with the Prophet. This room is ending in three, two, one. Bye.